following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, how are we doing today? It's been a couple weeks. Been a couple weeks, and things have gotten crazy quick. Oh, it's gotten stupid. It's gotten absolutely stupid. Yeah. The legal tampering period has officially started in the NFL. Well, that's uh, the thing. Is I mean, yeah, um, so the tampering period is officially open, which we'll get into that too, because I have my opinions there. But even before that, it's been a, an insane amount of stuff going on here. Oh yeah. Big moves happening. They, we've had a lot going on. Trades, extensions. I mean, releases. We've had, got, I mean, quarterbacks flying everywhere. I mean, just a ridiculous slew of stuff. See, and, and you and I are in the same boat. I don't like the, the legal tampering period. Um, we, we get into the legal, legal tampering period here and, and, you know, a lot of these signings, they they basically occur before free agency today. I, I think we're both in the same boat where we kind of feel like it takes away from actual free agency day, right? It it does, because you get by the time free agency actually opens, like 90% of the big names have already gotten that alleged contract, which let's, let's face it, those, those are legit. It's very rare when, when one of those end up being not true or, or a player uh, – backs out i mean the only, only one i can think of in the last couple of years where a player backed out after an agreement was probably uh anthony barr yeah anthony barr with the jets i mean and you don't you don't see it often though when when players generally agree to something in uh in principle what it, it goes through every everything just is kind of a a no big deal type of thing oh yep here i just got to sign on the dotted line done i got my deal um but there, there's been a lot of stuff happening around the league um i mean and and let's I want to jump into the news around the league, Tyler. We've got some shit to cover. And <laughs> I mean, I I'm scrolling in my news list just going, holy shit. Um, and there's an elephant in the room already. There's an elephant in the room. Um, and I'm I'm gonna go ahead and jump in on Tom Brady unretiring. He's gonna return to the Bucks in 22. I know this just makes you fucking cringe doesn't it, it I, was dealing, so I, I texted you yesterday i was dealing with the, with the kitty stone yesterday morning and when i saw that news happen i looked at aaron and says and here i thought the kitty stone was the worst part of my day it became <laughs> the second worst part of my day when tom brady unretired oh yeah it, it was bad um i i i'm on one end i i feel like it's almost necessary because of the issue with like the the lack of quarterbacks in the NFC right now, like the AFC has every big name quarterback that isn't named it's, Rogers. It's stacked. It's it's very one sided right now, right? I I feel like this is kind of out of control. Yeah, if you're talking like a guy like Mac Jones who had a pretty good year, I still think there's more to be desired. But he he's like quarterback eleven right. or ten or some some shit. Yeah, I mean it's it's bad. I, I mean, and, and seeing Tom Brady come back, I, I mean, I, I cringed. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. He's coming back to the NFC. And, and you know, everybody is is 
obviously there's a lot of people that are excited about it. I'm you and I, not so much. We we're so sick and tired of Tom Brady. Uh, but he said he has some unfinished business and, and I, the, the joke started pouring in, you know, he spent a week with his wife and kids and said, eh, fuck this. I'm going back to work. And, uh, that's kind of how it's looking. There's been, there's been a lot of the, my favorite ones, probably, uh, gas prices so high, even Tom Brady, we had to go back to work. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, it's fair, but I don't know. I, I think it's good for the Bucks. Obviously they're going to get, a lot of people started saying, oh, he's going to get traded to San Francisco. He's not going anywhere. He's going to the Bucks. Shut up. You know, but, but the Bucks are going to, I mean, this instantly makes them contenders, right? Obviously Kyle Trask wasn't ready. Uh, yep. It makes them contenders again. Uh, this situation where I, I think they have some work to do in the off season, um, which I think they will do because, um, losing uh, Marpet's going to be a uh, a hit to the protection of Tom Brady. Yeah, and speaking of Ali Marpet, even even with Tom Brady coming back, he did say he intends to stay retired in spite of Brady returning. So they did lose him. One guy they didn't lose though, uh, the Bucks did go out and they signed Ryan Jensen to a three year, thirty nine million dollar extension. So they get the center back for for Tom Brady. I think that is a huge boon for them. I mean, obviously, you got they, they've started building that offensive line out, trying to protect Brady. This is a smart move. It absolutely is, because if you had lost both of them, it would have been a massive uh, issue for keeping keeping Brady on his feet, and, and would probably have a big impact in me calling them a true, true contender. Right. I mean, the interior of that line. I mean, we we see it in Minnesota all the time. You know, the interior of that line seems to be falling apart and. You know, you obviously don't want to lose the interior of your line. You lost a guard, um, and and now you're getting ready to lose a center here. I mean, you're losing tackles. I mean, you're losing everything. <laughs> I mean, so uh, they're they're losing some guys uh, over there. But one guy, another guy, they didn't lose, and they they franchise tag wide receiver Chris Godwin again. It's the second year in a row the Bucks have franchise tag Chris Godwin. So uh, makes the price I, tag go up. Yeah, it makes the price tag go up. I I do think that they. Re- they really are having a hard time getting Chris Godwin locked down on a deal. Uh, he wants big money, and and I think he deserves it. I think he deserves a, a you know a high value. Yeah, you you have you have to pay him. I mean, he he's he's performed, and that's with not he's performed even without Brady in the past. And so it's he he's done the work. I mean, I I hate how much contracts are becoming, and we've talked about that. But ignoring that part, he's put in the work, and from that level, he deserves the money. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And, and he's, he's, I mean, I actually, I think two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, he was actually better than Mike Evans, wasn't he? I mean, I thought he had, he's had more touchdown passes if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think so. I, I, I was just pulling up uh, his stats right now and I know last, like not up to the 2020 season, he, he missed a thousand yards, but he also missed four games too. Right. But I mean, he's, it's been, it's been one of the best tandems in the league and that's, including the uh, couple years with, with, with uh, Winston. Now, after this year, do you think that the Bucks finally just let Godwin walt- waltz out the door? Or, I mean, th- there's a million things they could do here. Godwin is still a really, really talented guy. I think the, the mindset there is let's just keep him around because if we got Brady coming back, we got to retain him, right? For sure. Yeah, I think that's that's the mindset. But one guy, now they didn't retain somebody, and I want to jump into this one too. The Bengals, they are expected to sign the former Bucks guard Alex Kappa to a four-year, forty million dollar deal. I think this is a really, 
extremely smart play by the Bengals here. They get out and and get to fortify that interior offensive line that was so bad they got Joe, Joe Burrow the hell beat out of him all season long. I, I was amazed that Joe Burrow performed as well as he did based on those circumstances with that offensive line. It was a tremendous run for him. And uh, yeah, now now they're going to you know shore up that uh, that interior offensive line that desperately needs it. This is a, a smart play, and Alex Cap is a good player, so I, I think this is smart, right? Hundred percent. I mean, you you need anything and any everything over there. So no matter no matter who you sign, even a low, lower end talent is gonna was gonna be an upgrade for them because they have nothing except for uh, Jonah Williams. Yeah, they they have some decent tackles. I mean, even Riley Reef was was eh, okay. You know, he he definitely didn't play up to snuff as, like he did with Minnesota in that final year with them. But yeah, he he had a rough go, and and I think that interior though was the thing that really killed Joe Burrow this season. I mean, if the interior could have held up, and and I know it's a lot to ask, you know, saying something like, oh, if the interior holds up against Aaron frickin' Donald, you know, I I get it. That's that's a lot to ask for. But if that interior had held up, we might be talking about the Bengals as Super Bowl champions, wouldn't we? I yeah, I I, I think so. It. I mean, a, a lot of things kind of went their way in the playoffs too, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. I I feel like if you replay those playoffs ten times, Bengals only make the make the Super Bowl the the one time they did. Yeah, uh, I I still think teams like uh, Buffalo and and Chiefs are better. Yeah. So them having all that uh, cap space um is scary in itself because they were just in the Super Bowl, but at the same time though if it, it, they're not this head and shoulders team above the AFC. Like they, they, there's a lot of things that went their way. Yeah, there were, and and I will say that Joe Burrow played out of his damn mind uh, all throughout those playoffs. I mean, he he was the the stud of that whole situation, and and he finally, you know, got him to the promised land. At least, you know, almost to the promised land. He almost got him there to that Lombardi Trophy, but. I mean, they going out and getting Alex Kappa, I think this is a smart play by the Bengals. And they also went out and placed the franchise tag on Jesse Bates. Uh, I think this is another really smart move, getting a franchise tag on Jesse Bates. He was a, a really huge part of that defense this year as a safety. Kind of had a little bit of a down year, but still an awesome safety for them, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's a good player, and they, they needed to retain him. If they lost him, they would have been in trouble. Um, another big move that happened though, and this is one that I am not crazy about. And a lot of people are, are wild about it and, Oh, look at him. He's coming back. But Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, he goes out and signs a four year, $50 million extension with the Packers makes him the highest paid player in NFL history. What do I make of this? I, I, <laughs> I mean, I feel like he's crippling his team. Essentially. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. He he is, but he's also not doing something that most of the league doesn't do. I mean, he he's got his payday, something that Rodgers for a long time really didn't get. But if his goal is to win a Super Bowl, it, it's not gonna help their case. With they're 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 in, not in a great catch situation, one that's gonna make it difficult to retain uh, Devontae Adams. Right, and that's that's a situation that we're you're running into. Is it no and and a lot of people like don't put a lot of stock in this, but no quarterback that's been making over thirteen percent of a team's salary cap in the last thirty years has won a Super Bowl. It's just the reality. So so here we are with Aaron Rodgers taking up fifty million dollars. I think he's taking up somewhere in the vicinity of seventeen or eighteen percent of the salary cap. 
Um, it's going to be really tough for them to put things together, and it's going to be really tough for them to sign Devontae Adams. And the Packers have applied the franchise tag to Devontae Adams. Um, Adams today has come out and said, I'm not playing on the franchise tag in 2022. He plans to hold out. I mean, this is just a mess, right? I, I mean, he's he is a, a key cog to this whole thing. And here we are with the Packers. I mean, they're going to be having a pissing match with Devontae Adams all season long. If he's a holdout, I don't know that the Packers can be as successful as they want to be, regardless of whether or not Aaron Rodgers is back to you. I no, I I I agree with you 100 percent Yeah. I, I don't I don't think that that they're gonna be competitive. I think that this is a a complete and absolute mess. Um, also, the Packers did uh, reach an extension with uh, linebacker Preston Smith on a four-year, $52 million extension. He gets 13.1 per year. Uh, this is a smart play, but then they also released the other Smith, the other Smith brother. Uh, the Packers released Zadarius Smith. I think the Preston Smith deal was a smart play, but I, Zadarius Smith was such a key cog to that that Packers defense, that Packers pass rush. I don't know that it was a good idea to walk him out the door, but they might not have been able to afford him because of the Rodgers deal, right? That's what it's seeming like, which also falls under something we've been talking about, about this trading players thing instead of releasing him. This is a guy you should have been trading because Zarius Smith isn't, didn't get cut for lack of good play. I mean, right. he's been one of the, the, the best edge rushers in the league. Yeah, and that's I'm looking at it going, huh? What is happening here? Zadarius Smith getting really I, I would have been putting him on the block. I, I he's a guy that you can at least get a second or third round selection from. I mean, and I don't know who's who's going to be looking at Zadarius Smith. I know there's been a couple of reports about Zadarius Smith getting looks from teams. Uh, who knows where he's going to go? I mean, I would love to have him in Minnesota. I'll say that right now. He's an awesome player. So I'm kind of surprised by that. And also the Packers right now, and this is might also have some bearing on their current cap situation. They're currently in negotiations with Jair Alexander, the corner, and and he's on his fifth year deal. I mean, this this is a, a huge thing. He's playing on his fifth year of his deal because he's a first round selection, um, so he's still on his rookie contract. But getting Jair Alexander signed to a deal with the Green Bay Packers, I mean, for the Packers. That is a must-have player. He is a shutdown corner. I would argue he's probably a top-five corner in this league right now. So getting him on a deal, I mean, that's a must-have, right? I agree. I mean, that's that's what we got, we've gotten down to, and and it's you got Rodgers who obviously is coming off the MVP season. You got Devonte Adams who wants thirty per year, and then you got Jair who's probably going to get anywhere from fifteen to twenty per year. So you're talking about half your cap space in three guys. That's going to be troubling if they do wind up getting Devontae Adams signed to a deal uh, with, with you know, Jair Alexander. and all. I mean, it's, that's going to be troubling. And now they've got the Preston Smith deal, too. So the Packers, whether people want to realize it or not, are kind of in dire straits as far as, uh, as, far as like, their current cap situation. I think that's, that's a... a Difficult situation to say the least. I mean, you're going to have to fill out your roster with just under a hundred million, and you got to sign what fifty other guys. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's difficult. That's difficult in this league. I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, they're going to have to backload some deals, something. But man, 
That's that shit is going to get ugly quick, fast and in a hurry. I'll tell you that much. Um, now, moving around the NFC, the Seahawks. This was a huge trade. They go out and trade quarterback Russell Wilson and a fourth round selection to the Broncos for a 2022 first rounder, a 2023 first rounder, a 2022 second rounder, a 2023 second rounder, a 2022 fifth rounder, tight end Noah Fant, QB Drew Locke, and a defensive end Shelby Harris. And they just get a haul. I mean, the Seahawks right now, they just stockpile draft picks for the next two years. Yeah, and on, on one end, Denver got arguably, he's going to, right now, um, Russell Wilson's top 20 quarterback of all time. Yeah, but this is trade rape. And that's what this but, is. Absolutely. But Seattle won this trade. Yeah. By a significant margin. I mean, yeah, Denver's going to be a Super Bowl hopeful this year or next couple of years with Wilson. For, but if Wilson doesn't play another eight years, they lost this trade in a big way. Yeah. I mean, Denver got fleeced in this situation. And the Seahawks get to rebuild their team with the guys they want. I mean, this, this is, I mean, God, Seattle just, they got away with murder on this one. Absolute murder. I mean, oh, huge. With, yeah. That much draft capital over the next two years. You're talking six picks in the, in the first two rounds for the next two years. Yep. Sanity. Seattle's got a chance to really uh, put things together. Yeah. I, I just, it's, it's craziness. I, I can't believe what, what we're seeing out of Seattle. So uh, way too, way too early predictions. Um, who will be Seattle's week one starter? Will it be Geno Smith? Will it be Jacob Eason? Will it be uh, Drew Locke or will it be none of the above? That's a good question. Um, I think that they might be going into a rookie situation. I really do. And I, I do think that there are going to be some guys that they're going to be staring at. We have to realize that the Denver pick was a top 10 pick. So with with the Denver pick being top 10, they could easily go after a Kenny Pickett and they could get away with it, depending on who they want. I mean, they have, for all we know, they could want Malik Willis. But um, I, I really do think they're going to wind up going in a rookie direction here. I do, I, too, but I don't think that rookie starts week one either, nor, nor should they, especially I don't think the class is particularly strong. I don't think the class is, is necessarily strong, but Pete Carroll has this way of, I mean, they. They identify quarterbacks in weird situations. Uh, Russ Wilson was one of those guys that they identified. He was a, you remember, Russ was a third round pick. Yeah. And, and, and going into the start of the season, even with drafting him, no one expected Russ Wilson to be the starter. I mean, everyone was at the time, everyone was laughing at Seattle's thinking, look at this stupid team. They're, they're thinking Matt Flynn's going to be the guy. Right. Right. But, but, but lo and behold, it became the Russ Wilson show. Yeah, Pete Carroll identified a, a Hall of Fame quarterback and and brought him in and and he did well his first year and then developed from there. I think this is going to be they're they're going to expect Pete Carroll to do the exact same thing with whoever they wind up drafting, with you know that he did with Russell Wilson. I think that's kind of where the direction we're headed here. Whether it be a Kenny Pickett, a Malik Willis. I mean, I hear a lot of teams are really big on Malik Willis right now. He had a really great combine. Um, same with Kenny Pickett. I, I think that was a, a huge pick. It just really depends what they want and if they're going to go in that direction early. And for all we know, Seattle could go out and, and just snag a bridge quarterback 
and say, eh, to hell with this class and to hell with this season. We're going to go into 2023 and get our quarterback of the future. That could very well be the case, too. Yeah. But if, if they don't bring in a rookie or if the rookie doesn't start, I do think, I mean, we're, we're talking about all mediocre quarterbacks, but I do think that Geno Smith played well enough to make the job his of the three. Yeah, of the three, yeah. I mean, he's going to come in this season, and, and it's going to be bad. We know it's going to be bad. Let's be real. I mean, this is going to be a miserable season for the Seahawks. Yeah, because I I think Drew Locke was just an, an extra little cherry on top. Yeah. Because if Geno Smith doesn't stay healthy, then at least you know Drew Locke can come in. And whether or not we like Drew Locke, whether or not you like Drew Locke or I like Drew Locke or, you know, whatever, he can still play at a professional level. Yeah, but I I think he'll be the third string. I think Jacob Eason passes him on the depth chart. I do. After how bad Jacob Eason played? He played one game. He was terrible. He was absolutely abysmal. He made us look dumb, just like Jake Fromm did. Well, I, I don't disagree, but. <laughs> I mean, it was ugly. I mean, and, and one another role that they're going to have to fill on this team, which really, I mean, now that we, we now that we just got done talking about Zadarius Smith, this that could be the guy that the Seahawks went out and they released Bobby Wagner. They saved $13 million on the cap. Uh, they did eat about three, $3.75 in dead cap space on that. Bobby Wagner, I mean, obviously he's a Hall of Fame caliber player. Obviously, we're talking about a guy that that I mean, he's an absolute stud. I, I losing Bobby Wagner in Seattle. I understand they want to save the cap space and they're kind of trying to do a quick rebuild, sort of like the Bengals did. I think anybody that isn't following the Bengals uh, uh, layout there for a rebuild is a dinosaur at this point. But if you Look at at Bobby Wagner and losing a guy of that caliber, a player of that caliber. I mean, I think that is painful for Seattle to have to do, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, losing that pass rush, especially the way he pass rushes through the interior. That's the interesting thing about Bobby Wagner is he's really good, you know, when it comes to rushing the quarterback, but he does it inside a lot. He He's, uh, he's something else, man. Uh, and Bobby Wagner... Uh, he leaves the Seahawks. They get their cap space. Do you do you think Bobby Wagner has any landing spots? Um, he's got a lot. Of, he's got last I checked, he had like eleven teams looking at him. Ravens being one of many. He's he's not gonna have any issue landing. So it it comes down to does Bobby Wagner want to win or does he want to make money? So, cause, so cause that 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 breaks the two the two categories of teams in 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 it breaks the teams into two different categories. The teams that are gonna have the cap space to to draft to take him and the teams that have that have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, but there's probably on. a small amount of teams that meet both categories. Yeah. It depends how badly he wants a ring. I could see Cincinnati being the type of place he goes to. I could totally see that. Cincinnati dropping in there with all that all the cap space that they have, 70 million, dear God. <laughs> Bobby Wagner going to Cincinnati could very well put that team over the edge, especially with how good their defense was last year. I think that would be something. out. That would be something. Uh, a team that is trying to get themselves over some sort of hump, and I know you were so happy to see this one, and so you could say, Scott, you were wrong. But the Colts went out and traded quarterback Carson Wentz and a 2022 uh, second-round pick to the Washington Commanders in exchange for a 2022 second-round pick. So it was a pick swap. And a third. 
and a 2022 third round pick and another 2023 third round pick that could turn into a second round pick if Wentz plays at least 70% of the snaps in 2022. So you, you get a little caveat there. It's basically almost the same type of deal that they did with, with uh, the Eagles, uh, except with second and third round picks as opposed to first round picks. So a little bit interesting. The Colts wind up uh, sending Carson Wentz over to Washington. Currently, they are quarterbackless. So that's a, a little nerve wracking, if you ask me. Uh, I, I thought that they were going to be going after, uh, you know, at least one of these quarterbacks that were supposed to be on the trade market. And uh, they did not. But the Colts, I mean, currently they're in a, a bad situation. What do you make of this? First of all, how beneficial is this to the commanders after the season that Carson Wentz had that was a little rough around the edges? Uh, we'll start there. Well, see, that's where we kind of disagree. Carson Wentz had a decent year. I, um, it started off really good. The middle was, was, was a little rocky. In the end, he kind of picked it back up. I, yeah. think, I think Carson Wentz on this commanders team, going back to how this team looked with Alex Smith, I, it's going to be hard to catch the Cowboys because Cowboys on paper have a team that's much better in the rest of the division, which last year showcased that. Despite Eagles making it, they were eons behind Cowboys. Right. But I think at bare minimum with Carson Wentz, if they can if they can revamp their defense a little bit, I, I think uh, the commanders can can be in that wild card conversation with Carson Wentz. It's a possibility. I, I think that the commanders, you know, obviously they had a rough go with, with Taylor Heineke. Um, I thought he was going to be great. He turned out to be a bump. I mean, but Carson Wentz comes in. Carson Wentz, I thought he was kind of mediocre with the Colts. And, and obviously they needed a game-managing type of quarterback. They had a great run game over there. But there were certain times where I'd look at Carson Wentz and I'd go, did he just go 5-for-12 in a game? And he did. There, there was a game legitimately this year where he went 5-for-12. They they didn't really put the ball in his hands a whole lot. I well, and rightfully so when you when you had a JT just um looking like a stud. Right. But I I just I have questions about whether or not Carson Wentz can be the same guy that we saw over in uh, uh you know Philadelphia when when they went to the Super Bowl yeah, and from, I, a, from a QBR standpoint it was his third best season he's had. Right. So and I, 27 I and seven touchdown interception ratio, 3,500 yards. I, he he had a fairly good year. It was it was it was upper half. Yeah, I just don't. I I mean, he ranked out I think as the 19th quarterback, didn't he? Uh, depending on what you're looking at, yeah, I, I I'd probably put him closer to 15. Yeah, he was a middle of the road guy. I I think he's he's an upgrade over Heineke. I do believe that. I think he's an upgrade for them, but. You know, at the same time, I, I, there are questions that have arisen about Carson Wentz and uh, whether or not he's just a dumpster fire. And if you're the Colts right now, I mean, what is, what's going through your mind looking for a quarterback? Or is there a mass panic going on, uh, especially given all the extensions that have been given out in the last few weeks or the last week here? I mean, I say no, because I feel like if they had their eyes on, on someone, they would have already pulled the trigger. If it was one of the big the big hitters. Mm. So to me, they're kind of either expecting to go in some sort of rebuild or the quarterback they're going after is still out, still available. Yeah. And and that might very well be the case. I mean, there are some quarterbacks that are out there that are that are in free agency, that are hitting free agency. Um, but there's also uh, um, there's also some guys that can, that are on the trade market right now that are up on the block. 
So we could see those guys going uh, fairly shortly. One thing that they do need to look for is a new tight end. They have tight end Jack Doyle. He announced his retirement after nine seasons. I know Doyle has been something, he's so injury prone. I, the guy I feel like he's hurt every year. I mean, it was about time for him to see his way out. I personally think Mo Alley Cox has the better tight end. What say you here? Um, I'm kind of with you on that one. Their, their situation at tight end's always been a bit weird since since their heydays in, in the tight end situation. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. Uh, eh, it's it, since what? What was it? Was it Dallas Clark? I mean, was that the well, guy? Doyle's been good, and uh, they're, they, they've had a, a slew over the last couple of years. Who's the other guy that was, was big for a long time? Uh, but I mean, you, you know, right now it's it's Mo Alley Cox, and 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 and, they, and he's been and he I I've liked Cox. Yep, and they got they got Mo, uh, hey yeah you do, but they, <laughs> they got Eric Ebron over there too for a minute, who had a good couple. Ebron and Doyle and Fleener's been good. Dwayne Allen is who I was trying to think of. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I mean they they've had some names over there, but you know I I I don't know I I feel like they're going to have to go into this year's draft, and there are quietly, and we'll jump into those in a little bit. There are quietly some decent tight ends out on the in the draft market um, that I've been I have been eyeing, and I'm going to be going through my top five tight ends uh, from and and wide receivers uh, for the draft in the upcoming uh, portions of this episode. But you know I I feel like Jack Doyle. I don't think they're losing much because of the injury prone stuff. But yeah, it's it's going to get a little hairy for them if they don't make a move on on a tight end here. It's going to get a little wild. But the Colts, they go out and make their moves, and then the guys they made the Carson Wentz trade with over to the Commanders, uh, they're set to release safety Landon Collins. Uh, they couldn't re-agree on a restructured deal. They're going to wind up releasing him. I think this sucks for the Commanders. You know, this is the. I feel like Landon Collins is a kind of guy where you need to get the deal done, right? Mm, absolutely. Like them, that them releasing him is in that same ballpark as like Zedaris Smith. Like, you, there's not a guy you just let go or bare minimum trade. Right. I, I just I think that's silly on their end. I, I that's just ridiculous shit. Get the guy signed. I mean, do what you got to do. Get the contract out there and get him signed. You you can't let that caliber of a player go out the door and then expect your team to be better. I think Landon Collins is worth every penny. I think Landon Collins is going to go elsewhere, and he's going to get signed to a huge deal. And and I, I feel like he's going to play out the rest of his deal. I, I it, wherever he goes, I mean there there are teams out there that could use a good safety. I I mean Baltimore has has a good safety over there. I bet you they could use another one. Well, they they have an opening because uh, the Sean Elliott's probably going to be on his way out the door. I mean he wasn't terrible, but but I think they're looking for an upgrade. A cheaper upgrade, and then Collins would kind of meet that. He's 28 years old. I mean, I just I think that's a, that would be a smart play. Him going possibly to Baltimore. I mean, you know, you could possibly see him go over to Pittsburgh. You could see him go to Miami. Could you imagine a one-two punch like that in Miami? I mean, there there's a For lot sure. of places that he could go and get signed. And if he's in a win now type of mindset, I mean, it's and a he big, hasn't played fantastic, but. I mean, I, I think if he gets into a new situation, it could it could be a, a huge coup. Yeah, I mean, it could be. And and the, I, I think that Washington was never really a, a great fit for him over there. 2021, he had a down year. 2020, he was OK. His last big year is like really good year was in 2019. But and even in 2018, he was good. 
he's not that far removed from playing good football. And I think he's just, he got traded over to Washington and he just wasn't a happy camper when he got moved over there. So I, I, I really think him going elsewhere is going to be the best thing for him. Uh, the commanders also decided to extend their offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, to a multi-million or a multi-year deal. I'm not so sure how I feel about that. I think Terry McLaurin and, and Antonio Gibson are really, really good over there, and he's done a good job handling them. Do you think this is a good move from them, uh, uh, getting, getting the offensive coordinator back with a new quarterback coming in? Do you, I mean, is there is a solidarity uh, an issue here? Is that what we're looking for? Yeah, I think that's kind of what their goal is, and it'll be interesting to see if it works out the way they're intending. Uh, it, it's it's uh, I I think it's good to keep the solidarity, but I have questions about after seeing that offense and seeing how they played. Like I was I was really big on Taylor Heineke, and that's all well and good, but after seeing how that offense played outside of Gibson and outside of Terry McLaurin, I don't really think they have anything else on that offense. So I'm kind of iffy on it. I, it's there's I have questions. <laughs> I have questions for sure. I mean, he had a good year, but but it, it, I have questions. I have questions about about what what's going to happen. Uh, you know, it, it's just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The, the whole thing doesn't. Um, and also with the, the Jaguars are actually on the brink of signing Brandon Scherf. They're going to be taking away the offensive guard, the former Washington offensive guard. So. Brandon Scherf going probably it's probably at this point uh, he's he's expressed his intention to sign with the Jags. I think this is a a huge loss for any team that wants an interior offensive lineman. And B, I think it's a huge loss for the commanders at this point losing a, I mean, a star. Brandon Scherf has been absolutely phenomenal for them. Most definitely. And you're, you're just going to let him walk out the door. Again, make the fucking deal, guys. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I don't understand. And this is not a draft that is chock full of great offensive linemen. I assure you. I, I mean, it's it's a very defensive draft this year. They're really going to have to make a move. And and I don't know what in the hell the, the Washington Commanders are going to do. They just lost their star guy, and they're bringing in a brand-new quarterback, and they have to be able to defend him and protect him. I don't know that they're going to be able to do it unless they make a huge signing at guard. Why wouldn't you just try and retain Brandon Scherf at that point? A guy that knows your system. I, I don't understand it. it. It makes no sense. It makes none. It's terrible. But uh, speaking of the Jaguars, uh, they went and franchise tag Cam Robinson this past week. I think this was a bad one, to be honest with you. The Jags have, have Cam Robinson played poorly. He was terrible last year. They got him on the tag, and, and for this year, I, I don't like this. I don't like no, that. I, I'm kind of with you. I, but I feel like at the same time, though, there's not a lot of great tackles available, so I can see why they did it. But with them going number one overall, and the the talk of the town is that they're going to wind up going after Evan Neal. If they, the that's that seems to be the most like common pick that I keep hearing coming out of the draft, and. The Jaguars, and this also kind of goes hand in hand, the Jaguars have expressed that they're open for business in dealing that number one pick, which, I mean, could be something really spectacular. But Evan Neal, if he goes number one overall, and that's their guy, and that's the guy they take on, then what in the hell's the point of having Cam Robinson? 
I mean, unless they're they're bluffing, you know. But I, I have questions about what the Jags are doing there. I mean, they're open for business to to deal the number one overall pick because they have Cam Robinson, but everybody knows they don't have any good offensive tackles. So, I mean, are they going to go after an Aiden Hutchinson at this point? Is Cam Robinson actually their guy? Well, I, I think the thing here is maybe, maybe they're thinking that uh, Juwan Taylor is not the guy, and, and they're thinking go to to um still take Neil. But uh, but um, have Neil replaced Juwan, Juwan Taylor? That's a possibility. I mean, you do need two tackles. Let's face facts. But I don't I don't know. I mean, Cab Robinson was so bad last year, so bad. So I I don't I don't know why they would even want to retain him. But it, I just feel like that's a, a huge salary cap for nothing. You know, I, I it's just silly. Yeah, I would have went the route of more re-signing him because you'd re-sign him for less than what the tag's going to be. Right. It's I I don't I don't get it. Uh, the Jags also, they went out and released running back Carlos Hyde after one season with the team. Um, you know, they have a slew of running backs over there. They got James Robinson. They got Travis Etienne. And I know Etienne is coming off the Liz Frank injury. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see both guys on the field. I don't think this kills the Jags at all, losing losing Carlos Hyde. Do you? No, I don't even think he hardly saw the field. Carlos Hyde... I don't know. Like he lost so much steam, and I, but it seems like he has these weird fits. He have these ran, these random good games, but but he he didn't this year. It's, the Carlos Hyde just kind of fell off the map. And then again, not that he's ever really been great. No, he 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 had his best season in year one, two, three, four, five, six. His eighth, his seventh season with Texans. So so really, even his younger years weren't great. No, he he wasn't great, <laughs> and I have. I don't know. I, I I don't really buy Carlos Hyde. I've never bought Carlos Hyde. I actually was almost forced to pick him up in fantasy this year because I had James Robinson, and James Robinson went down with an injury. So, I mean, that got ugly in a hurry. But at the end of the day, you know, eh, uh, I don't think he's uh, – do you think he gets re-signed anywhere? Do you think anybody actually spends the money on him? Uh, I think he probably will end up in like a second, third string role. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. For about, a, for about a million. Yeah. Career backup for the rest of his career. And yeah. That's, that's that's where we're at. Yeah. How, how much was his contract with Jacksonville to begin with? I think it was about a $1 million deal. Right. Yeah. There. So he'll probably sign again. It'll, it'll be less than that. It'll be cheap. It'll be, a, it'll be a, a cheap player, cheap signing. You know? Yeah. It was a two year deal, two year six. So he's making three. So yeah, so it'll be less than that. Oh yeah. He's not, he's not getting three. If he does, I mean, team will have overpaid for him. Yes. Yeah. Now his former team, however, the 49ers, one of his, one of his earlier teams, uh, they went to sign running back to Michael hasty to a one-year deal. The details are not released yet. Um, what do you make of Jamichael hasty? I think he's a really great backup. He's a high end backup. Um, I, 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 I'm okay with this. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's that big of a thing. I, he's, he's okay. Uh, but I, I don't know that it's going to be this monumental change for me. If, if you're comfortable with, with the guy, sure. You, we can go that route. But I, to me, it doesn't strike as something being epically great news one way or another. I think he stood out really well, um, at, in that backup role. I think he really, really came alive, uh, especially in those times when, you know, you'd have, uh, uh when he Mostert went down, he stood strong when, when, uh, um, God, who's yeah, Elijah Mitchell went down. Hasty did well. I think he really fits that San Francisco scheme 
Yeah, but that that kind of that is kind of becomes my issue too. Though, as we mentioned, all these different running backs. You have Mitchell, you have Mostert, you have Jeff Wilson. I, I Hasty's just kind of there. Yeah. And on top of all that, you have really your best running back, and that's your new offensive weapon in Debo. Yeah. Oh God, Debo. Yeah, that's fair too. I mean, you're you're going to see him taking a lot of a lot of uh, handoffs out of the backfield. I don't know. I see. I don't like the idea of Debo taking all those handoffs and whatnot, because I feel like you're just going to get the help. He's going to get the hell beat out of him. And, and that's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Just seems messy. You know, you're going to, yeah, you're going to, you're putting a lot of risk in in deep. You need Debo and that that could become an issue. Yeah, I agree. Um, Now, Tyler, you have something going on in Ravenland over there that we got to talk about. Ravenland. Yeah, Ravens GM Eric DaCosta says that the team will work at Lamar Jackson's urgency on a contract extension. Um, talking with Lamar, his exact words: he's he wants to be a billionaire and play football. Um, I don't, I don't know what your take is on this. Fill me in. You know, I'm not sure what to make of this because, like, on one level, like, yeah, he's not in a hurry, which kind of was kind of could tell two different stories. It, it tells the story of potentially he's not in a hurry to um which means he's not trying to price gouge, but at the same time he could be not in a hurry because he wants to get one more full season where he wasn't hurt. Cause it, and cause let's, let's, let's be honest. I mean, before his injury, we were talking about the Ravens being the best team in football. So there's no lack of, it's, it's no lack of him playing well. So, I mean, I don't think the injury hurts his value because of how the Ravens looked as a, as a team to the rest of the league, despite all the injuries to the rest of the team. So I don't, to me, um pushing off the contracts should have no impact on, oh, well, I was hurt, so my value's dropped. To me, his value hasn't dropped. No, I don't think it has either. So I don't know what we're waiting on, um, because waiting on a contract, um, well, it depends. It's like a money move if, to me. If they, if, if they win the Super Bowl this year without, without a contract, they're obviously going to they're, they're be paying him more. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds but, like a money move to me. But I, I don't know. I but if he gets if he gets a major injury this year, that drops his value. Yeah, I mean, do, do if you're the Ravens, do you want to risk him taking a major injury? And I don't think they do. But <laughs> but obviously though, um, the risk of a major injury, uh, having no contract affects Lamar more than it does the Ravens because if he gets a major injury, the Ravens are going to flick they dodge the bullet. Yeah. But so I don't know where Lamar. I, I wish I could get myself in Lamar's headspace here because one thing I was going to bring up if, if you were bringing that up was um, the, the lack of the new deal um, kind of hurts where Ravens stand from a cap standpoint right now because, yeah, the new deal would be for not counting the season, but a lot of cases teams will use that final year of the contract to soak up some of the uh, salary they were, they were putting on into future, future years. Yeah, I think it's putting kind of a damper on you guys. Yeah, they're saying that a lack of a contract or getting a contract would uh, create another eight to twelve million for this season, which that's another that's another that's a high end player. And I don't think the uh, the Ravens haven't made any moves in this offseason, right? No, not yet, and not, nothing rumored yet, because Ravens traditionally keep themselves out of the uh, bid war, which, right. on one sense, it makes free agency a little quiet as a Ravens fan. But in one sense, I kind of appreciate it, too, because they never end up – because you never hear stories of, of Ravens significantly overpaying for someone. Yeah. Yeah, and that's – And that's what happens with these bid wars. And we, t- we talk about guys like Bobby Wagner getting released, and his market's going to be huge. 
um, a team's going to end up paying Bobby Wagner more than they should because they're competing against other teams. But I also think that that if a team is currently prepared to win at this current moment, I do think that Bobby Wagner could garner that big money deal. So that could wind up being something huge. But in Ravenland, you know, you, you guys have to cre- that clear that cap space in order to build up your team. <clears throat> yeah, because, yeah, you're going to have to overpay for someone big because Ravens are – well, if – God forbid they don't re-sign Lamar and Lamar ends up going somewhere else. Our window's closing in that aspect. But if he signs, we still have quite a bit of a window. But we're in the middle of that window, and arguably um, we're at the end of that window because once you re-sign Lamar, it's going to be a big cap number, and now you're in a whole different type of cap situation. Do you think he gets more than Rodgers? No. I think I think he lands in the 45 range. If – now, it, now if, if he were to – if they go through his fifth year and – because I guess the franchise tag is in play, which wouldn't be a bad thing for Lamar because um, it would be the average of the top five in the position, which he could very easily say, and there would be no argument to say that, that he – it would be right around what you would be paying him anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Right. But if, if he wins the Super Bowl this year and he's not in a contract, it will be Rodgers' number. It'll be 55 at that point. Yeah, and that's because Rodgers is getting older, too, and, and uh, the the cap situation looks a lot different than when Mahomes signed. I mean, so, I'm, no, I'm not saying that he should get more than than them guys, but if he wins a bull, that's just going to be the reality. Yeah, it's, that's what's going to happen. But if they figure out a, a, a contract before the season starts, I think you're looking at that 40 to 45 window. I agree. I think that's where where they're headed right now. And one thing that that happened that that um, did free up some cap space for you guys is Alejandro Villanueva. He went and retired uh, after I think it's seven seasons. Yeah, good uh, riddance. Yeah, he was not very good for you guys. He, he was. He was, and because then he wasn't very good for Pittsburgh either, which is why he had gotten originally. Right. Which I mean, he came in. He came in clutch to an extent because um. We had the the I don't want to say re injury because it was just, just, still just the same injury. Um, yeah. R- R- Ronnie Stanley wasn't 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 100 percent, and he ended up um aggravating his existing ankle injury. Seems so, to be a growing trend with him, doesn't it? Um, it's the same injury, so I'm not crazy crazy over concerned about it because he got hurt in the first week, and and it was known information that he wasn't quite 100 percent. So we tweaked it. So now he has the whole he had the whole season. Now the whole offseason to get healthy. I'm not too concerned about Ronnie Stanley. So losing Villanueva is not a huge impact, but but they still they will still need to to um fill that that right tackle spot. Yeah, I, I think that that is legit. There, I there's there's questions there. I mean, I don't know. You guys pick at what 14 this year? Yes. Okay. And and there could be a tackle in that draft that that could fall to you guys. I mean, there Aki Aquanu is going to be out there. There's going to be some guys out there, some offensive linemen for you guys to look at. Yeah. So and we're going to need a couple because we're also likely going to lose Bradley Bozeman for agency. Right. So huge huge issues there in Ravenland on that offensive line, and it's you're almost you're lucky, but you're it's troubling. It's it's bar. troubling, but Ravens have done a very good job in the past of uh i'm gonna say the term making it work but it's not exactly how i mean it um right. uh da costa and 
Newsom before and Acosta now have done a good job at finding good veteran pieces to fill those roles in every position but receiver. But uh, not kind of receiver. Um, they've done very well at at finding some some veterans who've who have been on dropping, but then somehow come to Ravens and and reignite their career. So I I'm not. I'm not throwing the the alarms off yet because we're still early, but there there is a lot of work to be done. Yeah, and I'm I'm feeling that. I I feel like you guys are are going to wind up, you know, going into. I think you're, it's going to be a rebuild through the draft situation because of yeah, the and, and we got a lot of um day three picks, and so I they yeah. do well at finding some late round talent. So I'm not I'm not nervous. It's going to be a lot of depth. That that's that's what your guys are going to be looking for primarily, especially on day three. Um, it, it's going to get interesting over there. And another place it was getting interesting in your same division there, the Browns. So they granted Jarvis Landry permission to seek a trade, and then they released him the next day. Uh, so they re- released him this morning. The Packers are currently pursuing him free agency. Do you think Jarvis Landry lands with the Packers? And if he does land with the Packers, do you think that the Packers are going to give Devontae Adams a deal? Or do you think that they're just going to stick around with Jarvis Landry and say, "Fine, screw you, Devontae." After the season, you can test free agency. Um, I I think if they get Landry, I think they they, they won't overpay for for Adams. You think they won't overpay? Well, Adams is wanting a huge payday. I I don't, I don't know if if he they want- get Landry, I don't I don't think he'll get it. Oh, so you think? Do you think he goes elsewhere? Do you think he sticks around with Green Bay? Well, he's on the tag though, and. I don't see. I don't see Adam sitting out though either. I mean, he he has come out and said he's going to sit out. And you have Jarvis Landry that's being pursued by the Packers. If they get Landry, and he sits out, and and they can essentially take that money that they're not paying Adams because a sit out you don't get paid, and they can pay Landry with it. Yeah, but I mean, Landry shouldn't get all of it though. I mean, he should get less than he was making in Cleveland. Oh no, he's not going to get all of it. That's the that's the kicker about the whole thing. He's not going to get all of it. And they'll still have cap space. Yeah. Do they? And then they free up cap space. I, I mean, oof. That that could get ugly real quick. You know, and quick, fast, and in a hurry here. I mean, that's the Packers could be looking at a tough situation. I mean, this this could be nasty. So the, you have you have Jarvis Landry, uh, and then that goes on. On top of that, the Browns they did place a franchise tag on David and Joku. I actually like this move. Uh, I feel like Njoku has been underutilized by the Browns. I didn't like the signing of Austin Hooper. I still feel like Austin Hooper is way overpaid and way overrated with the Browns. I like Njoku better than Hooper, don't you? Well, I like Hooper as my third best tight on that team because I, I, I think um, I'm kind of surprised they, they tagged Njoku because they, they have that young rising star of Harrison Bryant on, on, on his coattails too. Yep. I agree with that. I think Harrison Bryant underrated underutilized as well i don't i don't buy austin hooper i bought him in atlanta but and and when this signing happened i mean you and i sat here and we were excited about it man here we are and i'm going "Eh, i don't know how i feel about this he hasn't played up to his contract and and i'm not i'm not exactly sold on austin hooper i i'm kind of with you here i i don't i think he's like the third best tight end of that team I don't think he's worth the money they're paying him. I would rather just run with Njoku and Harrison Bryant, wouldn't you? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I'd be going. 
Um, speaking of the Browns, uh, their center, J.C. Treder, got elected to a second term as the NFLPA president. If I'm a player, I hate this. After the, yeah. the after the shit he tried to pull with with COVID protocols and getting games pushed back and whatever else, I don't understand how he got elected to this. I I think it's silly. Um, the if I'm a player, I hate this, right? I, I don't. I'm not a fan. No, I, I'm I'm with you there. I mean, talk about conflict of interest, right? I mean that that's what this was. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get my my team's game pushed back because of COVID protocols. Like, wait, what? Didn't you just make the Raiders play a game last year? In spite of the fact that they're their players had COVID protocols and half their roster was sick. Like, what is this? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. J.C. Treader, I, I he he pulled some strings there, and I didn't appreciate it. And and looking, and I remember we talked about this on a previous episode. You know, it it seems kind of, eh. I, I mean, I, I feel like somebody else should have been running against him in this situation. I don't understand why players are are voting for that guy. Um, like I said, conflict of interest, you're, you're supposed to be the president of the NFL PA. Like, give me a break. It was just, I felt that was obnoxious. Um, also with the Browns, the big news for the Browns, the Cowboys trade wide receiver Amari Cooper and a sixth round pick to Cleveland in exchange for a 2022 fifth round pick and a 2022 sixth round pick. So they, they essentially did a pick swap there. So Cleveland gets Amari Cooper basically for a fifth round pick from cut from Dallas. What in the hell is Dallas doing here? I, I don't know. This was, this was such a, a uh, confusing one. And the, this goes beyond Dallas. This goes to the rest of the league too. It was a bad move. It was just bad. You gave him up for nothing. And he's still a top receiver in this league. Like Jerry Jones was reportedly pissed. Oh, Amari Cooper should be taking up more than half the field. And, he should be drawing all this coverage. And Jerry Jones has been talking shit about Amari Cooper ever since the season ended. And and I understand Amari Cooper didn't have the season that he normally has. But come on, man. Give me a break. Give me a break. And then you're just going to give him away. You can give him away for nothing. For nothing. Could have gotten a lot more for him. Oh, my God. Senseless. Absolutely senseless. And then the reports started coming out, you know, that – Amari Cooper told Dak that he was the the white Kirk Cousins, and we'll jump into Kirk shortly. But I I mean, I don't know. I, I think this was a bad idea. And and now he's with with the Browns. Uh the Browns go out and they release Jarvis Landry, and and he's supposed to be the Amari's supposed to be the number one over there. If I was the Browns, I would have just kept Amari Cooper, right? Yeah. I or I'm I, sorry, kept, kept Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I, I know what you meant. Yeah, Landry and Cooper could have made a good combination. I, I think ditching Landry and making Cooper the only guy there, and I don't, not that I condone uh, players getting angry and causing them to be released and stuff, but I think you're, you're you're kind of starting off Cooper on the wrong foot. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a silly move. As yep. much as I like Donovan Peoples Jones, having Landry too would have could have really, especially when you have a quarterback that's complete Jekyll and Hyde one season MVP caliber one season trash um you you need to give him as much pieces as possible he struggled he struggled so bad last year I don't understand your quarterback struggled he was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league last year 
and you're just going to give away his weapons. No, here I'm going to give you. I'm going to give away Jarvis Landry. You didn't even trade him. You just cut him. Yeah, I'm just going to cut Jarvis Landry. No reason. I like Donovan Peoples Jones, but do I think he's a number two right now? Eh, that's up for debate, and we're going to find out. We're See, find I, out. I I feel like uh, th- that's when he shined was after uh, Beckham wasn't on the field, so he, he really was a number two. Do you think he'll be good enough to be a number two behind Amari Cooper? Yes, I do. That becomes a question. And do you think Amari Cooper is going to be able to be the number one in this brand new system with Baker Mayfield? I think he'll try his best and he's going to do everything he can, but I think (laughs) Baker's still a problem. He'll try his best. (laughs) I don't think it's going to be a Cooper issue. Yeah, I think my point. A Bayfield issue. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, next up for the Cowboys, uh, as we're on the Cowboy train here, they made a series of releases and, and all kinds of stuff. First of all, they release Greg the Leg Zerline. So Greg Zerline is officially a free agent. Um, there's going to be teams clamoring for Greg Zerline. I mean, am I, am I wrong here? I, I No, you're not wrong, but I also feel like Greg Zerline has also – shown some decline over the last couple of years as well. He had a bad time in Dallas. He did. He had a bad time in Dallas. He was not good. But he was great with the Rams. So I got, I mean, he, was, he was okay with the Rams. I mean, I got questions he, about Zerline. He only, with, the, with the Rams, he only ever had two seasons above 90%. I mean, that's not horrible. I mean, his, a, his career average is 82. To, to no, me... Greg the leg, Greg, 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 Greg Zerline um, <laughs> is, he's another uh, Janikowski. Hell of a leg, accuracy is an issue. I got you calling him Greg the leg now. What's what he, that's, what we, that's what everyone was calling him in, in his first couple seasons with, with the Rams because he was bombing these long field goals. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, and, and then realistically, this past year with Dallas um, was far from his worst season. Really? He was 82.9. He's had a 72 percenter in there. He's had a 66, a 74, an 80. What was He's his, got a leg. What, what was, was his say? percentage when, when, he was, uh, um, when he was with the Rams? Um, average? Yeah. Uh, 82% because his two seasons with Dallas came in at 82%. And his average overall is 82%. So he's been, he's been hitting his average with Dallas. Okay. So, but he had one year where he was ninety five percent, where he where he was uh, thirty eight for forty. Wow. Other than that, he had a well, he had a ninety two percent in there too. But other than that, it's been seventy four percent, eighty percent, sixty six percent. There's an eighty six, but he's either really good or really bad. That that could be an interesting. I think he gets signed somewhere. There are places that that need kickers. I, I think he's going to get signed, and I not only do I think he's going to get signed, I think he's going to get signed to a bigger deal than a lot of us expect. Oh, probably, but I, I guess my point talking, is like you don't know what you're going to get with Zerline. And fun fact: the the years in which he's had a high percentage, he's had a low amount of fifty plus field goal attempts. In the years he's good, he has he has a I'm sorry, he has a high amount of uh, fifty plus when it, when his when his average is bad, low amount when it's good. So he he's proven to not be great over fifty. Yeah. But I mean, he's got he he has the power. He just doesn't have the accuracy. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. 
Um, and also with Dallas, they went and waived Blake Jarwin. This, now, this doesn't surprise me. So Blake Jarwin, he was injured uh, going into the season, going, going into this upcoming season. They said he wasn't going to um, – he had hip surgery. He was expected to miss the start of the 2022 season. Blake Jarwin has just had a series of awful injuries um, throughout his career, right? I, I mean, I, I don't remember a time when I really saw Blake Jarwin healthy. I mean, have you? No, I agree. Yeah, and and likewise, they go and place the franchise tag on their tight end, Dalton Schultz, who I think is a really good tight end for them, actually. I, I was pretty impressed with Dalton Schultz over the last two years. He's outperformed Blake Jarwin. He stayed a lot more healthy than Blake Jarwin. I like Dalton Schultz. I, I think he's a good tight end. I think he's a good fit for Dallas, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's he's, you know, top notch. You know, he's not Kelsey or anything. But I think he's a good fit in Dallas. I think I think that's a, a, a good tight end for them. And I think he fits what they want to do over there. Um, good blocking. And he, he's got good hands. I, I do like uh, uh, Dalton Schultz. And the Cowboys are also actively shopping Lyle Collins. I don't like this at all. Do you? I Are you into that? No, I'm I'm not. Why are, why are all these teams just giving up? Because I feel like it's going to end up with another just cutting and, and just – the decisions of some of these GMs has been a head scratcher for me. Here's the thing that gets me about this. Lyle Collins put up an 82 PFF grade last year. 82. I mean, we're not, we're not talking about, you know, you know, piddly shit here. We're, we're talking about like a high end player. He had a 76 pass blocking grade and an 89 run blocking grade. I mean, like the fuck are we doing here? It doesn't make sense. And, and again, I'm, I think you're right. This is going to wind up. He only allowed two sacks last year. This is going to wind up being a cut, and and I, I, so. I stand it. It it just ugh, senseless, senseless. And I know they were pissed off. He got suspended for five games last season. I get it. They're pissed off at that. But come on now, look at look at the run blocking and pass blocking grades of this guy. It just it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I I, I don't understand the Cowboys sometimes. And then also the Cowboys went out and they signed wide receiver Michael Gallup to a five-year extension, uh, $62.5 million on that. It's 12 and a half per year. You and I were talking off air about this. I, I think this is uh, uh, an overpayment. I, I, I do feel like, like it's kind of in the range of where he should be, but I kind of expected like a Tim Patrick type of deal, that $10 million. I think 10 would have been really reasonable for him, don't you? Yeah, that, that would have been better. Yeah, I, I think they went a little too far on it. I, I just I, more, you're, you're talking you're talking more than uh, uh, you know ten million a year. I, I just and and this is a guy like he was okay as a number two. I don't think he's a really great number two. I I'm just not not entirely sold on him. So yeah, he's uh, Michael Gallup. Yeah, eh, it's okay. It's a, it's just kind of one of those iffy iffy signings um, around the league. So. We have that go on. We did have some some uh, signings, some interesting signings going on around the league uh, as far as the Arizona Cardinals go. The Arizona Cardinals go ahead and they sign tight end Zach Ertz to a three-year, $31.6 million extension. It's 10.5 per year. You know, I, he played extremely well with the Cardinals last year. Let's be real. He, he was fantastic. Um, and, and he gets a deal. He gets, I think Zertz is aging. I think he was a good red zone threat for them. I think he's had a couple of good games with the Cardinals, especially coming in midway through the season. 
I think the Cardinals are making a good move, getting him re-signed to a deal and keeping him around. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I think that's the case. And But the one I know that you were kind of excited about and you like this guy a lot, Cardinals agreed to an extension with running back James Conner on a three-year, $21 million deal. I know you hated him in Pittsburgh. I mean, yes, that's, well, that's the thing is, I, I mean, I, I hated him in Pittsburgh, and when he first went, I mean, this is what I was wrong about. I thought Conner was just a product of being on a with a good line, and, and he went to – he went to Cardinals and, and proved me wrong. Yeah, he, he played extremely well over there with Arizona this past year, especially in the passing game. It was a weird situation, Do you, and, and he basically took the starting job for, from Chase Edmonds last year, right? He did. He definitely did. He, I mean, he stole it right out from under him. So, I mean, that that's a thing. The The Cardinals wind up getting getting uh, their guy there, their, their big-time running back. Uh, one guy that they're not going to have, though, is they released linebacker Jordan Hicks. They saved uh, $6.5 in cap space. You know, I like Jordan Hicks. I don't know that he's played up to snuff ever since he went to Arizona um, from from Philly. But I, I do like Jordan Hicks, the linebacker. I, I think he's, I mean, his, his pass rushing grades were, you know, out of this world for the last couple of years. But um, he had a bad year in 2020, but he had a really good year in 2021. Uh I, I think that any team would be really happy to have an outside linebacker or if they even stuck him inside like Jordan Hicks, he can play both roles. But I, I think he would be fantastic for a team, don't you? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, he's he wasn't anything super to write home about last year, but, I mean, Hicks has been been pretty solid. I, I, I really think that this would be a smart play. He's 30 years old now. So some team is going to be out there looking for a guy like Jordan Hicks, whether or not he's he's heading home to Philly. We'll find out, but yep, uh, that's happening. And the Cardinals are also not going to use the franchise tag on Chandler Jones. Um, they're not sure whether or not they're going to try to extend him or he's going to hit free agency. It's kind of all up in the air right now. If you had your, if you could place your bet right now, where does Chandler Jones wind up? Does he hit free agency or does he go elsewhere? Or does oh, he go? To- yeah, he's definitely going to land in free agency at this point. That's where, that's where we're at, and I, so I don't think he ends up being in in Arizona, I, but there's a lot of teams that could use him if he can still play at a high level. Yeah. I, I think he winds up in free agency. I think somebody's going to wind up paying him a huge, huge contract. That man's going to get paid. I think Cardinals are realizing that, that they have a situation on their hands with Kyler Murray. And we're going to talk about that momentarily, but I think they have an understanding that we have a situation on our hands with Kyler Murray and we we're going to need to pay this man. And right now, Kyler Murray is currently asking $50 million per year uh, which brings me to, you know, he he deleted all the stuff we talked about on an earlier episode. He deleted all the stuff off of his Instagram and his Twitter account. And then his agent issues a statement that he absolutely wants to be a long-term starting quarterback for the Cardinals. And uh, it's simply up to the Cardinals to decide if they prioritize signing him to an extension. And then Cliff Kingsbury comes out and says it's the team's intention to keep Kyler Murray around as the long-term QB. And this all happens as the trade market for Kyler Murray starts to dry up because he did go out and ask for $50 million. Do you think Kyler Murray gets $50 million from the Cardinals? We'll start there. Not unless he goes to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, I don't think it happens unless he wins a bowl. And and it, it was a, a, a wild situation going on there for a minute. People were like, oh, he's wanting a trade. But I believe that the trade market started to dry up for him. And and I think he wound up going, oh, man, maybe the grass isn't so much greener. So Kyler Murray, he winds up uh, 
you know, sticking with the Cardinals for now. We'll see how that that whole extension situation plays out. I think he's got what two more years left on his rookie deal. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's that's what with, I with the fifth year option that they'll more more than likely be taking. It'll be two more years. Yeah, I don't I don't see them not taking that fifth year option, and that fifth year option obviously bust, uh, bumps his pay up to about twenty million a year, maybe twenty one. So he'll be right in that range um, as a number one overall pick. Uh, also, I think, it's, I think it's actually closer to 25. That's that's what Lamar is going to be making this year. Okay, so they, yeah, they it's obviously gone up, but the even still versus what he, what his contract will be worth is still a discount. Yeah, oh, big time, big time, no doubt about it. Uh, the Cardinals also granted permission to wide receiver Andy Isabella to go out and seek a trade. I like Andy Isabella. I don't think he winds up being anything more, however, than than a um, Danny Amendola. Don't you? Agreed. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. They did go out and grant him that permission. I don't think they're going to be losing much on Andy Isabella, but I think he'll go somewhere and develop into a Danny Amendola-type player. He'll be a role player, and and somebody will give him a deal that is, you know, they're going to trade. I don't know if they'll trade for him, but the Cardinals might release him, but we'll, we'll see how it works out. But Andy Isabella looking for a trade partner there for the Cardinals. Um, also with the Cardinals, head coach Cliff Kingsbury and GM Steve Keim, they both re- agreed to contract extensions that will run through 2027. I am not sold on Cliff Kingsbury. No. I, be- I believe he is fool's gold right now. And I think that this, this deal and this extension is going to hit the Cardinals' ownership dead in the face. I think this is a terrible, terrible extension. What's so- it? On this what's what's the what's your reasoning for uh not liking well here think about it you know as soon as uh deandre hopkins went down he had no idea which way was up and they they started out the season so hot they had what seven wins eight wins in a row and then what did they do they won four out of their last nine games or something it was some ridiculous number i i just I'm not entirely sold on Cliff Kingsbury and I feel like DeAndre Hopkins showed that he's the only thing that Cliff Kingsbury has. Um, so they, you you kind of you kind of view Kingsbury the same way that I I viewed Jim Harbaugh. Just he's be, he's he's, all, he's widely viewed as successful but you, there's just something that you just feel like it's not there. I feel like I and you know I had a problem with with the signing of King, Kingsbury when he initially got signed. I I was like, "Eh, I don't know." And then in his second year with Kyler, I was like, well, maybe I was wrong about this guy. And then the third year with Kyler, we saw the the way that things went early on in the season. We were like, oh, man, I, I was wrong about this guy. We came on this very show and said, man, I was wrong about this guy. But then the second half of the season, he fell apart. And I think he, I think he's going to learn from that because the year prior when he didn't have Hopkins, uh, they it, it, that was, last year was the year they made big strides to improvement. And, they, and that was before Hopkins. So I, I think they – Maybe got too reliant on Hopkins, but I, I expect them with this offseason, they'll make the proper adjustments. Do you think there's a receiver in their future? Do you, do you think that, that they're going to wind up bringing a guy in, you know, whether it be a draft pick or whomever? Do you think that they're going to wind up bringing, bringing a guy in to actually be the legitimate number two over there rather they're, than like, on Christian Kirk? They're going to have to because depending what happens with Christian Kirk, because he, he himself is a free agent. Right. Um. If you if you can't bring back Christian Kirk, um, you AJ Green's a dying breed. I mean he's on his, he's on the back end of whatever he's got going on, and yeah. Rondell Moore is also up in the air. We don't really know what he is yet. 
Yeah. I think you might have to unless you're going to put a lot of faith in Rondell Moore as your number two, which I don't think he's ready for that. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I would like to see Rondell but, Moore. But there are some there are some decent receiver options out there, guys like Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry we just talked about. Are they, are they going to go and pick up the ghost of Allen Robinson for this situation? I mean, you, it might not be a bad idea. I mean, Allen, we got to remember the team Allen Robinson was on because – this year was bad, but the the year prior to his the last two years before twenty twenty one he had he had he had very good years with Bears. Yeah. I, I think Allen Robinson does well with a good quarterback, but this year with the Bears was just not that. So I, I'm not ready to say that Allen Robinson's a ghost yet. Right. Well, they they could wind up going and picking up Allen Robinson. I'm just I'm not sold. Uh, I I like Steve Kime, but I am not sold on uh, Cliff Kingsbury. And, and I have not been sold on Cliff Kingsbury for a minute. Um, and I felt felt like the last half of the season really kind of showed me that uh, it made me feel as though he was fool's gold. I don't, I don't really buy him right now. I want to see if he can, he can change that, that mindset I have, but I'm not entirely sold on him. And you guys got done talking about Allen Robinson and, and, and the team he was playing on. Speaking of that team, the Bears, they're making some moves. They go out and they release running back Tariq Cohen. And they released defensive lineman Eddie Goldman. I kind of understand Tariq Cohen, Tariq Cohen rather, being released. I understand this move. This move makes sense. I don't understand the Eddie Goldman move because Eddie Goldman has been really good for them these last few years. I'm kind of surprised by this, aren't you? Yeah, I, I am. I, I like Eddie Goldman. I, I I thought he was just awesome. So it's kind of a confusing thing, but a guy that they're bringing in to kind of take that role, and I sort of like this signing, but I feel like it's a bit of an overpayment. The Bears are signing defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi to a three-year, $40.5 million deal. He's getting paid $13.5 per year. What do, what do we make of, of Larry Ogunjobi here? I think it's an overpayment. I do. I, Gross overpayment. I do I'm not sure why they thought they needed to give him that much of an extension. It's 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 a bit of a head scratcher. No, I agree. I think this is a bad, gross overpayment. I think it's it's a, a bad thing. Not a fan. Not a fan of this move. I don't buy it. I I think Ogan Joby was okay when he was with Cleveland. He wasn't anything to write home about, though. I'm not entirely sold on uh, Larry Ogan Joby, and I do think it's an overpayment for him. I think he's probably worth about eight. That's about where I'd put him. Eight to ten. Yes. Now, also, they traded their linebacker and edge rusher Khalil Mack to the Chargers for a 2022 second and 2023 sixth rounder. What in the hell are we doing here? They, th- this, like the Cooper trade, they could have gotten, I mean, they got better than Cooper, but um, they, they still could have gotten more here. And yeah. But the, the biggest issue here is they they took such a massive cap hit on doing so, too, so they they only made six million space, but took a gargantuan hit of in the twenties as far as dead cap. So they traded them, didn't get much, and are are going to be paying for it for a few seasons. Right. I'm not sold on this. I think it's a bad idea. I I just ugh. I feel like they just gave them away. Just gave them away. And they're going to have to eat the contract on top of it. Yep. Senseless. On 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 one end, I'm really sad that my guys got it didn't get ryan poles and then i see a move like this i'm like oh i don't feel so bad anymore because because he was just awful (laughs) in this move i mean so far he has not done anything worth writing home about for the chicago bears 
So I'm, I'm kind of uh, like relieved. But then at the same time, I look at what Kwesi Adapo Mensa did. Now, Tyler, we got to talk about this. We got to have a, a, a candid conversation here. Oh, boy. <sighs> the Minnesota Vikings, they go and sign Kirk Cousins to a one-year, $35 million extension. That means he'll be around through 2023. There is a void year in 2024 and 2025. In his first void year, according to, to his spot track, his first year of the void year, he gets paid $12.5 million, and his second void year in 2025, he gets paid six two five. Now, look, I don't mind the idea of extending Cousins for the price that he's going to be getting paid in 22 and 23. I don't mind that price because I feel like it's a reasonable price. Here's my problem. The void years, we're going to be paying this guy to not play for us. We're going to pay him to play against us. And then on top of that, the big kicker about this whole thing is that the whole point of drafting a quarterback, a, a rookie quarterback, is so you have five years of rookie team control of a quarterback. And that's that's the whole point. So how are you going to say, well, I have rookie team control of this quarterback, and you get this quarterback that's that's making 17, 18 a year, or seven, eight million dollars a year on his rookie deal, and you've got twelve million dollars going to Kirk Cousins. So essentially, you're going to pay twenty and a half million dollars, roughly, maybe even twenty-one, to have a rookie quarterback on your team because you're busy paying Kirk Cousins his dead cap space in a void year. Makes no sense. And then I've got all these these Kirk stands out here going. Oh, well, you just got to restructure this guy and restructure that guy and restructure this guy. Okay, let me restructure half the goddamn team so that we can maintain Kirk Cousins, the middle-of-the-road quarterback that was set to make top three money this past season. Give me a fucking break. Because now the issue you come into is while players like Adam Thielen and Daniil Hunter were mentioned as potential trade options – um, instead of being able, to, being able to take your time and look for possible suitors and get the best value, and now, now you're almost turning into a race the clock to make sure you trade them to get yourself under the cap, which these, the rest of the league knows that, which means you're probably going to end up losing value in both those players in trade because you don't got you don't you can't take your time on it now. Right. I I don't understand the Vikings situation here. I don't get it because to me it's like oh okay you're you're gonna you know basically resign. Kirk Cousins to this big stupid extension, and in the midst of signing, signing Cousins to this big stupid extension, you're, you're going to go ahead and strap your team in for two more years. You're going to pick up a rookie probably in 23 to make sure that he can sit behind Cousins, which I'm totally not against. But you're also going to pay that rookie 21 million dollars, or or you're going to pay Cousins half of it because you made the decision to extend Kirk Cousins, and then people are going to wonder. Like I, I hate hearing. And I got to make this clear, folks, just so we're clear, when you give a guy a roster bonus or a signing bonus or a workout bonus or any of those bonuses, just because it's cash up front does not mean it does not count toward the cap. For Christ's sake, when they give a guy a signing bonus, folks, they're tacking it on. And the years later, that's why contracts become backloaded. 
And then in the case of Daniil Hunter, if you want to restructure Daniil Hunter, you have to take money and stick it in void years or kick it to next year where his contract is going to bloat to damn near $30 million a year. That's how it works, folks. Just for all you idiots out there in Twitter land that, that like to say, oh, well, just restructure him. Well, you're going to put void years on the end of his deal, and you're going to pay him to not play for us. Um, um, unless it's a uh, salary reduction re- type of restructure, which most aren't. Yeah. And with Daniil Hunter, it is not going to be. I assure you it won't be. He's not playing for less than $20 million. So, I, I mean, I, I just don't get it. And and then people are, oh, we can restructure Thielen. We can restructure Harrison Smith. And we can do this and we can do that. You're going to restructure half your team to, to maintain the status quo of an eight and nine sub 500 mediocrity. That's the plan. That's the plan in Minnesota right now. Can't stand it. It makes no sense. And there's a lot of guys out there that are, are going crazy for Adam Th- or for, for Kirk Cousins. And they're getting all fired up about, oh, Kirk Cousins, I, I want to give him a, a, a I want to give him a, a monster deal and I want to make him a lifetime Viking and he deserves it. And look at his stats. Oh my God, look at his stats. I ask this question, goddamn, every episode Where is my Super Bowl? Where is it? Because I haven't fucking gotten one. Where's my Super Bowl? Tyler, do you know where my Super Bowl is? Not in the immediate future. Yeah, exactly. The bottom line is, and tell me if I'm wrong here, they they mortgaged our future on Kirk Cousins. They mortgaged the future of this team. The haul that this team could have gotten for Kirk Cousins in a trade. The haul that they could have gotten. Imagine that. And everybody goes, oh, he's not going to get a haul. You think he sucks. I don't think Kirk Cousins sucks. I think Kirk Cousins is a middle-of-the-road quarterback. And judging by what Matt Stafford got, Kirk Cousins would have gotten about what Matt Stafford got. Two firsts, a third, and maybe another player. And everybody goes— And that's where we differ a little bit, I I think. Because me and you look at— the Kirk Cousins value it, it, two different things here. Like you, you, you have what you, more of a Stafford level trade. I, I look at it more of around like a first and a third. But even still, um, they went the route of doing neither. Right. They went the route of kicking the can down the road more and bringing them back in for thirty-five million a year for this upcoming season. Which, if now if if they were to to bring it to more to like twenty-five to thirty, maybe there's a conversation. Okay, that maybe it's not too big of a deal here. But the problem is, is even still, you do that, um, the value drops every year you keep him on. Yeah, I, I think I think he's um, – I, th- I think that they, they kick the can down the road. I think it's a bad idea. I, I think that they, they um, didn't walk away with any trade value for him. I, I, don't, I don't think that they really got anything for Kirk Cousins, and, and that's the problem I have with it. You had an opportunity. And, and whether or not – like – I get why you and I differ on this whole thing as far as his trade value. But one thing about Kirk Cousins is, A, he matched up statistically with Matt Stafford over the course of his career where they land. And in fact, in a lot of situations, Kirk Cousins outdid Matt Stafford in a lot of situations. And understanding, Stafford was playing for Detroit, okay? But he matched up with Matt Stafford. And and, and that's that's an interesting thing to, to think about. I mean, I think last year before... 
before this past Super Bowl year in 2020, I think Kirk was 10 and Staff or Kirk was 11 and Stafford was 12. I think it was. So I mean, yeah, it, and and there's there is that, but even still, there, there's some of those those um smaller stats that are important that that you've mentioned in our conversation we had the other day about it mm-hmm. as far as like this past season. Um, there's certain stats that bring Cousins down the list quite a bit, but then the, but the big stats he's show he showcases a top ten quarterback. Right. So I mean, there's there's questions about him. Like I said, I think he's a mid round guy or a mid mid uh, tier guy. Probably get a first for him. I think that's a no brainer. Yeah, I, I, see, I'm thinking more first than a third. I don't think you're going to get multiple firsts or anything like that, but but even still. And um, one reason the, I, I, I believe that we wind up getting higher and higher in the pick area is because Russ Wilson just went out and got all he got. And I understand true. it's a whole guy. But I do think it raises the the value, especially Russ Wilson, whose body is starting to deteriorate. His his hand is is... He looked like hell after the hand injury. I do think that Russ Wilson, if he's capable of getting that amount, then Kirk Cousins is capable of getting somewhere. I, I think it's just under that amount, but I do think Kirk Cousins is capable of that. So we're going to have uh, uh, an interesting time with, with that situation. But Tyler, real quick, I want to take a quick break. We're going to give people a, time, a moment to breathe and process, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, dog Get ready And welcome back to the Outside Blitz I'm your host, Tyler Dean Ooh. And with me is still the frustrated, but weirdly calm, frustrated Scotty Freytown. I've had my yells about Kirk Cousins already, so I, I'll deal with it. A guy that we talked about, you and I did, talked about how great of a season he was having. Let's talk about him some more. The Raiders go ahead and sign defensive end Max Crosby to a four-year, $98.98 million extension, $53 million guaranteed. 24.75 per year. Monstrous extension for a DN. Tyler, talk to me about Max Crosby. It's a huge deal, but when but we talk about him throughout the whole season, it's he's he's worth the re-sign. I just think they may have overdid it. <clears throat> a little bit. A little bit. I'm assuming this is a like a backloaded deal. Raiders get their guy. I mean, this is I think it's smart. I think it's a, a smart signing because he, he played well for them. But big money, big, big money. You paying a lot for a defensive end. 
for a guy that's an edge rusher. I know he's a game-changing kind of guy. How much do you think the defensive ends in the league are just salivating right now at the idea of seeing a contract like this? Oh, big time. It's going gonna, it's gonna to completely um, flip the market. That's what I think. I think this is like a defensive – this is like an Aaron Rodgers type signing here where it sets the market even higher and guys are going to be wanting more money. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a wild for a while. It's, it's like that Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes thing in the quarterback market. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks getting signed, the Steelers agree to a two-year deal with Mitchell Trubisky. Do you think that the Steelers found their starting quarterback in old Mitch? For now and for 2022, yes, I do. I, I Unless they make a run at Jimmy, I, I think Mitch will be this, the starter. Oh my God. I, I think he ends up being that bridge quarterback in, in the current state. Do you think he becomes the bridge quarterback? Do you think they're going to wind up in a – I think they're still going to take quarterback in this draft. That's where I think. Oh, yeah, and that's what I mean by a bridge quarterback. Um, he, he may be the starter for this season and potentially next. Well, if they draft a quarterback, it'll just be this season. Yeah. But I think with everything in Trubisky's past, he's got – of his four years as a starter, he made the playoffs two years. He's got a 29 and 21 record. He's He's been – decent despite being on a bad team so i i think in the right system with that court with steelers hot offense i think he has potential of being a good game managing quarterback and could put them in the category for at least being having a fighting chance for the division yeah i think i think that if there's anybody that can pull it out of him it's going to be mike tomlin and and that's kind of where we're at here right mike tomlin is that kind of guy that can pull a, a bad quarterback to being decent so we'll see what Tomlin can do. But, I, I mean, I don't know that Trubisky is the guy um, now or for the foreseeable future. I, I believe that they're going to draft a quarterback, and that he, and you're right. He's going to be a bridge quarterback. Um, but, I honestly, I don't see him making it through the season. But I also don't think the quarterbacks they have on the roster are anything special as far as Dwayne Haskins goes or anything like that. Mason Rudolph. You and I both know those two are a mess. So. Absolutely. And I, I know you're not a huge um, fan of Trubisky, but he would be a, a severe upgrade to anything the Steelers currently have. Oh, yeah. Tremendous upgrade. Huge. So there's that. And the Steelers also went out and, and they signed safety Miles Killebrew to a two-year, $4 million extension. Really a baby deal. So here's the thing. They've, they've got him sl slated as a linebacker. Mm. <laughs> But they, they, everybody says he's a safety, and he's played some safety. So, I don't know. That's, that's a weird thing. Is he the hybrid guy? Is he the do-anything do do guy? He, I mean, it's worked in the past for other teams, so it's possible. It, it could be a, he could be a do-anything guy. That, that would be an interesting thing. Um, but, yeah, he's, he was good in coverage. So, I mean, it was, it was funny that people have said he's a safety, but he's actually listed on, like, Pro Football Focus. He's listed as a linebacker. So, kind of an interesting thing. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he played linebacker or some linebacker and safety with the Lions when he was with the Lions as well, didn't he? I believe so. Yeah. So, that could be a cool little thing, seeing Miles Killebrew, the hybrid guy, Next up, uh, we'll go to the Eagles' neck of the woods. The Eagles, they go ahead and sign Jason Kelsey to a one-year, $14 million extension to be their center. 
Uh, it makes him the highest paid center in the NFL and currently of all time on a one-year deal. Do you think that this – well, I think Jason Kelsey is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think that's a, a in doubt at all. No, not at all. Yeah, but Jason Kelsey on $14 million on a one-year deal, do you think the Eagles go after a safety this year in the – or uh, I'm sorry, a center this year in the draft? Or do you think that, that – uh, uh, I think Jay- they almost have to. I would think that Tyler Linderbaum would be kind of on their on their radar, don't you? You would think, and, I, and he would be on my radar if I if I am the Eagles. Shit, if I was top ten, Tyler Linderbaum would be on my radar. But like, I mean, center out of Iowa. I mean, he's like a way. They they say he's a way better version of Garrett Bradbury without all the bullshit. I mean, <laughs> I think I, I would go after him in a heartbeat. So. Yeah, I, I think they're going to have to draft a center, but I think they want him to learn behind um, Kelsey, and I think that would be a smart thing for them to do. And there'd be nothing wrong with that. I'm no, not at all. I mean, I've been an obvious pro- proponent of of the learning behind people. Yes, yes, you have, and and also uh, the Eagles have defensive tackle Fletcher Cox. He's the subject of trade interest around the league. Are you selling the farm if you sell Fletcher Cox? If you're the Eagles. I think there's a chance to get some really good value out of him, but I just don't know what it's going to be given the current state. But it's an interesting map of where that could go. Yeah, I, I think he's going to get – he's worth something. I mean, I the, he's one of the, the better defensive tackles in the league. Yeah, and still is. Yeah, and, and I mean, he, he was drafted back in 2012. I, I don't know. I, yeah, but age is starting to get there, and, and he did have a down year. 32 years old he's been around for a hot minute I mean he's a he's a great defensive lineman though I I think a team could wind up saying hey we'll give you a second or third round pick for Fletcher Cox because he's still playing at an extremely high level and as a pass rusher he's been really great and even in run defense like last year he was a little iffy I mean he's the last monster year he had was 2019 he had an 84.5 overall PFF grade I mean think about that so I think teams would be willing to give up like some like significant draft capital to go ahead and get him. I think that would be a smart play on their end. Um, in this same division though, you have the New York football giants and the New York football giants made some moves. They went and released tight end Kyle Rudolph. The move's going to save $5 million against the 2022 cap that happened last week. Uh, you know, I think it's a smart move because Kyle Rudolph, he didn't really do what they expected him to do he was he went over there he had an injured knee they were paying him a lot of money Eh, i don't know how i feel about kyle rudolph over there a lot of teams are like oh well fuck kyle rudolph and then you got vikings fans like oh yeah pick him up pick him up even though he shit all over minnesota what do you make of kyle rudolph do you think he catches on somewhere and do you think he becomes a number one tight end What's your he mind? may, but I, I also feel like he's starting to slow down. We kind of predicted that. I mean, Minnesota got rid of him at the perfect time, I think. Right. Yeah, I think they did. them letting him walk. I, I wish they would have gotten something for him. But them letting him walk, I, I, I mean, even then, I think it, it saved the cap space, and they, they got rid of an aging player that was slowing down. He didn't do really well um, in 2020. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you here on the on the Kyle Rudolph situation. I think he'll catch on somewhere. I just don't think he's going to get a big payday anymore. Um, the the big paydays are behind him. Those years are gone, and and there might be a team that looks at him. Maybe the Colts. I could see them given their current uh, uh, tight end situation with with 
or having Mo Ali Cox on the on the roster, and that's about it. So we'll see. And even, and even he's in a contract situation. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it works out for for old Kyle Rudolph. But yeah, the Giants they go ahead and get rid of him. They also have some stuff going on right now. Despite rumors about Saquon Barkley being on the trade block, the Giants are not expected to trade him. Would you be trading Saquon right now, given the injury situation and everything that's been going on with him? Probably, but at the same time, value isn't quite there. So maybe it's not worth trading him until he, he comes back healthy and has a great season. You want him to have a big year before you, you kick him out, off the, out the door, right? Yeah, because right now you're not going to get nowhere near as much as you should. Yeah, I agree. I still, th- I still think Barkley's a very, very good running back, and just right now he's injury's been the issue. Yeah, and and you took the risk on him last year in fantasy, and he burned you. That's well, l- luckily I drafted enough running backs to cover my cover my tracks, but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, he he um. The injury bug is is very prevalent with Saquon Barkley, and it has been for. I mean, really, since he came into the league. But I think Saquon is, um, he's the kind of guy where if he blows up, he blows up. Saquon, say gone. We've been talking about that for on this, on this show for years now. I, I really believe that, that Saquon Barkley can be a top five rusher in this league still, but he's got to prove it. He's got to prove that he's still that guy. And, and lately, has, he has not. I don't know that the draft capital is there for him if they do stick him on the block. And and that's kind of where I stand on, on Saquon. Um, also, the Giants are expected to trade corner James Bradbury when free agency opens up. Now, James Bradbury had some really good years over there in Carolina. What do you make of the James Bradbury situation? I don't know. He's, he showed some sh- some shades of, of greatness here, but I, I just don't know about him. I, I mean, I really he, don't. His years in Carolina were so solid. Last year, he had a really rough go. I mean, 62.8 PFF grade. The year before that, he was a 79.8. I think it's a scheme fit situation. I don't think he's a fit in New York. And I see a guy who, if, if they do deal him and they say, right, get out of here, he could wind up having something. I mean, I, I hate to say a career resurgence, but that might be what it is. I mean, and, and right now he is on the fifth year of his, well, he just finished the fifth year of his deal. So, or, well, it was the first year of his new deal with the Giants. He got signed in, in free agency last year, if I'm not mistaken. But he, I think if he goes elsewhere, depending on the team, he winds up being a number one corner somewhere. Yes. And, and just the same way he was in Carolina. So on, the Giants only get one year of James Bradbury. And then they're shipping him out the door. Seems kind of weird. Maybe they realized he wasn't a fit. Who knows? But I think James Bradbury does need the change of scenery. And I don't think he's going to be anything special if he continues to be in New York. That's kind of the reality. We're. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, in upstate New York, the Bills are making some moves. First and foremost, they granted Cole Beasley permission to seek a trade. The, I, I like Cole Beasley. I'm surprised that they're doing that. But I also think that there is something to the Bills possibly looking for another receiver and I do think there is something that has to do with this Stefan Diggs contract situation because they do have Diggs on one more year and then they got to get him re-signed to a deal what do you make of it is Cole Beasley being gone going to negatively impact the Bills or do you think there's there's other pieces on that team that that can uh, keep this run going that they're having 
they're going to need to make an improvement. I, I, I think the, um, if you don't have Beasley, I mean, while he hasn't been great, you're going to need something to give Diggs some support. Gabriel, yeah. you, and I know you, you're a big fan of Gabriel Davis. <laughs> Do you think he's the but guy? I think you're going to need more than just Diggs and Davis. I, I don't think it's worth putting all your eggs in the Davis basket. Right. Do you think do you think they go into the draft looking for a receiver or do they finally get that running back that they need? They could get a receiver. They could uh they could also go the route of getting one in free agency too. Yep. There are guys and, out uh, there. Again, Allen Robinson's name that comes up. And you love Allen Robinson, don't you? I, I think as a two he could he could thrive. You you love you some Allen Robinson. He's been very good. <laughs> I know. I know he's been good. He's had some He's been very good in spite of some bad quarterback play. Yes. That, that's something that, that I, I think Allen Robinson, he, he was quarterback proof for a few years, but I, I think recently he's, he's found himself not being quarterback proof. So that's kind of where we're at. Could he go to the, the Bills? It's a possibility. I don't know if the Bills want to take the time out to go after these aging veterans anymore, though. I think they've got Diggs, who's their guy, and I think Diggs is in the prime of his career right now. And they're going to want to continue to feed Diggs that ball. But I think they're going to go younger. Um, Cole Beasley, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's that's 33 years old. I, I think I don't know if he's done. I know he created a lot of ruckus in the locker rooms this past season with his, his political stuff and his COVID stuff and his mask stuff and all that other gimmicks. But, I, I mean, Cole Beasley, I, I, I would hate to say that he's a locker room cancer, but he kind of is. So I think that's why they're going to get rid of him. And he's kind of aging as a veteran anyway. So I do think they'll wind up going younger. I think they're going to go into the draft. They're going to find a guy that really fits what they're doing over there in Buffalo. And it could be really great for them. So, and I know they lost Emmanuel Sanders this past year too. So they got some, they got a job to do here, filling those skill position player positions when it comes to being, filling the receiver spots and filling the running back roles. They've, they've got to do that. They got to find themselves a good running back. That's a that's a key thing too, especially in this yeah, draft. Um, unless Singletary can continue his upward trend, but he, but he Singletary reminds me of Baker Mayfield. Just one year good, one year bad. But we've seen this before. That's the thing we've seen from Singletary. Singletary got hot two years ago at the end of the season, blew up six games left in the year, and we were going, "Oh man, look at look at Devin Singletary." And then year the next year he was crap all year. But then this year he was crap, and then with six games left in the season, he blew up again. But but it was his best season. It was. So I mean, we'll see. His best season. I mean, I I just. Uh, That's what uh, I mean. He, he's still streaky. Is my point. Yeah, I, and and I think they they need that consistent, you know, star running back. They need their Thurman Thomas. Wouldn't you like to see them get their Thurman Thomas? Well, over well, obviously, yeah. And and there are some, but there are also some free agent running backs available again. Let's see if they finally pull the trigger on one. I'm hoping either that or going to the draft. I mean, God damn it. Reese Hall is going to be in this draft and I, he's going to wind up going, or what if, what imagine if they went and got Kenneth Walker, Walker be a good one too. Imagine that that would be insanity. So, I mean, I, I really do think they need a, a true running back. I don't buy Devin Singletary. I am just not a fan. So the bills doing that, they also went and signed their punter, Matt Hack, to a revised deal with the team. It lowered his 2022 pay to $1.135 million. It voided the last year of his contract. Um, Matt Hack's a good punter. I, I mean, he is. 
they're, they're probably going to go and, and have him do his thing this year and, and probably sign him to an extension. Maybe they'll go into the draft. Who knows? But the Bills wind up keeping their punter, and they also signed, and this was a big one, center Mitch, Mitch Morse to a two-year $19.5 million extension. They get one of the best centers in the league for $9.75 per year. I like this contract. I think this is smart. What say you? I, I'm right there with you on that one. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. They, they get their guy, and they fortify the interior of that offensive line. Very smart play. Um, also, within the division, the Patriots making some moves. The Patriots, they go and sign Devin McCourty to a one-year, $9 million deal to keep him with the team. I feel like it's almost necessary to keep Devin McCourty around with the Patriots. I mean, him being around, he's a shutdown corner, right? Yes. Yeah, I, it's a no-brainer. One that kind of caught me off guard, though, the Patriots released linebacker Kyle Van Noy. They saved themselves $5 million on the cap. Van Noy's been a fixture for them. I don't understand why they got rid of him. I mean, other than the fact that he's aging a little bit. I mean, am I missing something with Kyle Van Noy? I don't know. Maybe there's something there that we're not seeing, but but I, I, I agree with you on this. He had a good year this past year, 72.8 overall PFF grade. I mean, he's he's been consistent. And actually, yeah, he's been consistently good over the past several years. I, I don't understand it. I think I think Billy Belly is kind of trying to make moves here, and, and I don't think this was a very smart one. I know he's an aging player. I mean, he's, he's 32 years old now, but he hasn't really slowed down much. I think he was a really solid player for them. So Kyle Van Noy, no longer a Patriot. They saved themselves uh, $5 million in cap space. And then they also signed quarterback Brian Hoyer to a two-year, $1.075 million deal. Brian Hoyer, good backup quarterback. I think this is a smart one, and they get him on the cheap, right? Yeah, Hoyer's a good veteran backup. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And also, uh, they go out and they place the they're, – they're not going to place, rather, the franchise tag on J.C. Jackson. He's expected to hit free agency. I don't like this move. This J.C. Jackson's a good corner. He's been a good corner for them for the last two years. Good what? and young, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know what, what, the, what the thought process is here. Is here. I don't get it either. 82.7 overall PFF grade, 83 grade in coverage. I, he's a good player. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, in 2020, didn't he lead the league in interceptions? Yes. Yeah. So what the fuck are we doing here? It makes no sense. But if J.C. Jackson wants to come be a Viking, just uh, go ahead and give Quasey a call. I'm not going to be mad at you. It's going to cost uh, you a lot of money. I don't know if you can afford that. Yeah. <laughs> you goddamn right. Two million over the cap. We're still not. We're still not compliant. Um, next up in that same division, the Dolphins, they go ahead and place the franchise tag on tight end Mike Jasicki. I think this is a smart play. They go and keep their, their tight end. He was a solid tight end for them last year. Two likes throwing him the ball and he's a great red zone threat. Uh, Jasicki, he's a little streaky, but he has some really great games. And, uh, he, I mean, his game in London this last year was rock solid. What do you think of this, uh, move by them? I like it. He's, he's, he's been consistent. He's consistent. I don't think he's um like a, a, a you know, and I always make this mention. He's not Kelsey or anything. No, but but he's a he's a consistent, reliable tight end. Yeah, and that's what I think. I think he's a a, a decent tight end. He's not going to get you you know super monumental numbers or anything like that. But he is the kind of guy that 
you know, is going to keep you you're relevant in that position. Um, he is sort of getting a little older, but at the same time, yeah, he's got a lot of tread on the tire still. So we got that. Next up, you over with the Dolphins. They also did a uh, uh, they reached an agreement with defensive end Emmanuel Ogba on a four year, sixty five million dollar deal. They get their defensive end sixteen point two five per year for Emmanuel Ogba. I don't know if Ogba is worth that amount. Do you? No, he's not. Yeah, I, I, oof, that's a big overpayment for him. That's a steep overpayment for Emmanuel Ogba. Hmm. God damn. Um, they also did a signing that I actually really liked. They agreed to terms with running back Chase Edmonds on a two-year, $12.6 million deal. He gets 6.3 per year. This is a signing that I can totally get behind. I like Chase Edmonds as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, but health has been a big concern. Yeah. For him, yes. But if he can stay healthy, and only on 6.3, it's a really low deal. The Dolphins have sort of needed a running back for a while. I do think they're going after a guy, and they're saying, hey, we're going to take him on a discount and and hope that he blows the hell up. And that's kind of what I think they're they're dreaming of here. So Chase Edmonds, yeah, he that's a good signing to me. I, I think it's because it's such a low-value deal, and he's probably going to be the starter over there. They're getting away with one. Now, the one thing they shouldn't do is go and draft a running back ahead of them. That's that's kind of what they shouldn't do. Yeah. Uh, next up, you get the Falcons. The Falcons uh, restructured Matt Ryan's contract. They saved $12 million in cap space for 2022. It makes the team cap compliant before the start of the new league year. The downer is his cap hit for 2023 is going to be just over $50 million dollars. What in the hell are the Falcons going to do with Matt Ryan? I don't know. They restructured. I I don't know what the plan is here. I, I, at one point, I thought they were going to trade him, and now it seems like it's not going to happen. I I don't know. Yeah, they they were looking at. Uh, I mean, and I it was funny that you mentioned that because I actually had it in my news stories initially that they were going to be trading or or looking for a trade partner for Matt Ryan. But now with his deal laid out the way it is. I don't know that they're ever going to be able to trade him. They're going to have to eat that cap hit at some point or add some void years on the back of his deal. They might wind up paying Matt Ryan like two years after this contract's all over with because they're going to have to add some void years. I don't see him taking a $50 million cap hit on him, do you? No, you can't. No, I I think that's crazy talk. Um, and one guy they are going to take a cap hit on is uh, left tackle Jake Matthews. He gets signed to a three-year, $52.5 million contract. He gets 17 half per year. This is, I think Jake Matthews is a really good left tackle, and I think this is a smart play. It's a higher-end deal, but he's worth every penny. I, I like Jake Matthews. What say you? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think he's good for what he is, and I, 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 it's a good decision from my end. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I mean, and he, he played really well. He's a, he's a good pass blocker. I mean, he was a great pass blocker for Matt Ryan last year. Uh, I, I think this is a smart play for, for them, and he's been a really solid pass blocker off the edge for Matt Ryan. And I, I almost feel like they're, they're protecting their investment in a way, but at the same time, they know that he's not going to be around for, you know, a long time, you know, <laughs> Matt Ryan. And, and that's, I don't know if they, I don't know what the deal is if they wind up trading Matt Ryan at the end of next year. I feel like like 
there, there's got to be something where they're only going to take a little bit of a, a dead cap hit by trading him, but they got to keep that investment healthy by keeping Jake Matthews on the field, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then also we've got the Titans making uh, an interesting move. Speaking of offensive linemen, they released Pro Bowl guard Roger Saffold. They save over $10 million in cap space. The team gets into cap compliance with that move, but Roger Saffold, he's a, he's a Pro Bowl guard. This isn't good news for for the the uh, Titans offense here, not for Derrick Henry, and most definitely not for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, no. Saffold is is like a street sweeper for, for Derrick Henry. He's, he's a guy that Derrick Henry loves to run behind. This is going to be – do you think they go after a guard in the draft, or do you think this is just like – you know, hey, we'll find a guy in free agency and hope for the best. What What do you think they're going to do here? I think it'll be more a draft. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm leaning. I think they're going to look draft uh, Kenyon Green possibly, um, or Kendrick Green. I think it's Kendrick Green, but uh, I, I think that will be the the route they go. Um, also with the Titans, and this was another monster deal. They go out and sign off outside linebacker Harold Landry to a five year, eighty seven point five million dollar deal. 17 and a half per year. I messaged you, oh man, they're not tagging Harold Landry. I don't understand why. And then like an hour later, it was like Harold Landry gets signed to a five-year deal. I'm like, oh, that's what. He was such a key part of the Titans defense this year. The Titans defense was phenomenal this year. Harold Landry off the edge was just out of this world. Um, Titans get their defense locked down a little bit more. I like this signing, even though it is a good amount of money for an outside linebacker. I do like this signing. How about you? Oh yeah, for sure. It was, yeah. it was the right move. Yeah. I, I think Harold Landry is a key cog to that defense at this point in time. They got to keep him around. Uh, also around the AFC, the Texans are apparently open for business and dealing the number three overall pick. If you're seeing the Texans are available for that pick, let's say you're the Ravens right now, are you looking at that pick? It's going to cost a lot to do that, though. I, I feel like the, the, I feel like defensively, where Ravens need to go, it's you're, you'd be giving up too much when there's going to be a lot of depth for you to take in, in the middle of the middle of the round. Do you think there are any teams that are looking at that pick currently? There probably are, and there'll probably be some movement on it, especially if you, if you want to make sure you you get the guaranteed player you want. Right. I, I think that that it's it's going to be very costly for any team moving up. I mean, even one spot. But at the same time, ah, ah, man. I mean, them being open up for business. And I also don't think there's a, a player that there might not be a player that is is really that noteworthy to move up for. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not like there's there's a Justin Herbert to move up for or right. a Trey Lance to move up for. I don't think there's anything like that, right? No, not not this year. Not in this year's draft. So they might be open for business, but I don't, I don't think it, it it's really worthwhile, uh, given the the this draft. There's nothing, and that's one sad thing about this draft. There's no player that really sets the world on fire, and we'll get into that shortly. But um, yeah, I don't I don't buy that. Uh, next up, the Rams. They have mutual interest in a reunion with Odell Beckham and Von Miller. Both player on uh, both. They want both players to return to the team in 2022. You know, Von Miller has kind of been teasing that he's going to go back to the Broncos. 
we don't really know what Odell or what Von Miller's going to do. Odell says he wants to go back to the Rams. We don't know if the Rams are really interested in Odell. They do have Robert Woods still on the roster. Odell goes out, tears his ACL. Do you think there is a legitimate interest in Odell Beckham? We'll start there. There could be, but at the same time we've talked about it is he's not going to be truly healthy till after the start of the season next year. So it raises a lot of questions. Right. And and that's kind of where I'm at. And as for Von Miller, do you think Von Miller could make his way back to mile high? I mean, it's kind of looking that way. And I, I think that the uh, trade for Russell Wilson kind of in, intensifies that more. Yeah, I think he's he's just following rings at this point. <laughs> yeah. He got the one with Peyton, and now I'm going to go over here and get this one, and then I'm going to go over here and get this one. He's just gonna, I, I bet you that's what Von Miller's going to do for the rest of his career. He's just going to follow the star quarterbacks to the rings. That's that's well, all. I don't necessarily know about that because he, he he's also wants to get a big payday because he feels like he's still playing at a high level, which he is. So yeah, it'll be interesting. How big of a payday do you think he deserves? He'll probably get about fifteen. Yeah, that's about a lot that. for his age. I don't think he should get that amount. I think he's worth probably more like eleven or twelve, but he'll probably get fifteen. You're probably right in that situation. Um. Also with the Broncos, Melvin Gordon doubled down, doubles down on that fact that he wants to stay with the Broncos, says it's a job unfinished. Does Melvin Gordon stay with the Broncos this year? It depends if he's willing to take, up, take that pay cut to do so because they're prepared and, and have their starting running back of the future, and Devontae Williams. So he's going to need to accept. I mean, I think they did very well as, as a split back system, but in a split back system, you're not going to get this massive payday being just a part-time back. Right. And uh, Tyler, before before we continue this, um, I just, I have to say right now, good sir, we have breaking news. Well, I have a whole list, so I, so I, I already have it written down, so you're not, you're not taking that from me. I'm not taking the breaking news from you. I already <laughs> have it written down, because I, I probably... My first I, breaking news ever. Let me announce my first... I have break- 10 items of breaking news. Well, I've got one item of breaking news in front of me here. Can I give you my one item of breaking news? If it's Christian Kirk, then no. God damn you, Tyler. You're I was ru- saving that one. <laughs> so now I guess we're going to interrupt the news to go through all of my breaking news. Okay, go through your but, breaking news. And I wanted Christian Kirk to be last, but we've already mentioned it, so we're going to start right there. Christian Kirk, and now, breaking doesn't start until Wednesday, but we're in that period now, and so on paper – the Jaguars are going to be signing Christian Kirk to a four-year, $84 million contract. Christ almighty. And I like Christian Kirk. I've said this, but one thing we need to make clear here, he's never had a 1,000-yard season. And oh. now the base value is $72 million, which but, still puts it at $18 million a year for a receiver who's never broke a 1,000. Yeah, but with with this deal and uh, I mean with the the bonus and everything, twenty one million per year for Christian Kirk. What in the hell are we doing here? And again, I like Christian Kirk, but not for twenty one million. Not for a guy who's not broken a thousand. Not for a guy who's not proven he can be a number one receiver yet. Is this some Doug Peterson shit going on here? Is that what we're seeing? This puts a bad taste in my mouth for for the Jaguars GM. Yeah, a Trent Baalke. I mean, I already didn't like the guy anyway. But golly, that's that's a huge deal for Christian Kirk. Twenty one million. God damn. What are we doing here? I don't know. Oh, I really don't know. Christ almighty. That makes him one of the highest paid receivers in the league. 
Yes. Is <laughs> a guy who's never broke a thousand. That's terrible. Oh man, what a mess. His his uh, uh, agent has to be like the agent of the year. Next to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Right now, Kirk Cousins is just Kirk Cousins' agent just bent over the Vikings and said, "Bite the pillow. We're going in dry." Yeah. So that's basically what we got. But golly. So continue with the breaking news, Tyler. I'm, Some I'm quick hit breaking news, which has made my top 10 a live, ever-changing top 10 because some of those players have come off the board. Oh, wow. But what's going to start here? Um, the Cardinals have re-signed Colt McCoy to a two-year, $7.5 million contract. I like which, it. for how well he did in, in, in reserve for Murray, that's a cheap deal for, for a backup quarterback. Yeah, I like that deal a lot. I, I agree with that. I think that's a smart play. The Seahawks re-sign Will Disley for a three-year, $24 million contract, which surprises me considering that they now have Noah Fant. Yeah. Why? What's the point? Because Dis- you're going to have to pay Noah Fant, and rightfully so. Fant's been a good tight end. Yeah. Wiz- Wiz- Will Disley isn't even that good. He's okay, but but now you're you're paying him a starting tight end salary for a guy that's not going to be your starter. He had 231 receiving yards and one touchdown. He's trash. Why? I don't get it. It makes no sense. The Titans re-signed Ben Jones to a two-year $14 million contract. Now, that's a smart contract. Ben Jones is a good player, and they're getting him on a discount on $7 million a year. That's smart. The Jets re-signed Braxton Berrios to a year $12 million. That's a good contract too. Braxton Berrios was weirdly good for them at certain. Yeah, he's points. underrated. I, I I just I'm bummed that he's he's staying with the Jets. I feel like he could he could be valued better and show showcase his talents better somewhere else. I agree with that. Um, just a weird situation, Braxton Berrios. I, I mean, he I feel like he could be a, a like a really high end number two if he went somewhere. He could possibly be even a low end number one. Depends how he develops. But the contract the Jets just got him on that's a really team friendly deal. And I yes. think that's a smart move for them, for a guy who's technically, I think they're number three over there behind Elijah Moore and who's mm-hmm. here. So, I mean, oh, Elijah Moore and uh, uh, what's his name? Bug <laughs> um, the hell out of you, isn't it? It is. It, it always does. I, but on Berrios, though, he's he's shown these waves of, of, of good talent. I, I, I think it's just the Jets is such a dumpster fire that he, I think somewhere else he could have done better. But, I mean, good for him and get the payday with the Jets. I, I, oh, James and Crowder and Corey Davis. Yeah. So, so I mean, we'll, we'll see. He he's had a good a, a good time over there with the Jets. I, I mean, he's going to wind up getting himself uh, um, a lot more playing time. But he got himself he got himself a good contract, and and the the Jets got him on a good team friendly deal. So I mean, they've got their one through four receivers, all their skill possession guy or position guys. They got them all locked down. Yes. The Rams re-signed Brian Allen to a three-year, $24 million contract. Interesting. I mean... It helps keep them whole. Yeah, in a way, yeah, I guess. I mean, he he's a good player. He is. Three years, $24 million. They get him on... I mean, that's a, a, another situation where they, they get him on a discount. I mean, $6 million a year for him. Or $8 million, yeah. rather. Because I can't do math. $8 yeah. million per year. I mean, that's smart. I... I I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. And then and then that leaves uh, 
your boy, you were just talking about him. Brian Bozeman is the top guy left over there mm-hmm. in the, the center position. So interesting move there. Russ Wilson trying to recruit Bobby Wagner to the Broncos. Oh God. <laughs> so if 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 they can if they can move the cap around a little bit, and they have cap space, about twenty million or so. Um, could you imagine how dangerous a team of Bobby Wagner, Von Miller, and Bradley Chubb could be? Oh God. Terrifying. Is Russ Wilson going to put together a super team in Denver? He could. Oh, which, which if if if, the, if that happens, they go and win the Super Bowl. I I fear for the where the league heads as far as teams trying to do this. Yeah, putting together super teams because because that'll be like the second time it's happened. Well, the third in a row in three years. Well, third. I wouldn't say I wouldn't count Brady because not they didn't go and like snag all these epic people from free agency. They already had them. Well, yeah, but but they went and picked up Tom Brady and said, oh, "Okay, well now I've got Godwin and Evans, and I went but and picked up Antonio." It was different than when Rams just did it because because they, they brought in Stafford, then brought in Von Miller and Beckham. They brought in a lot of outside pieces, right? I, uh, at I, least with at least with Bucks, it, it was a lot. They already had a lot of homegrown talent, right? I I can agree with that, but I I just man, the the Bucks were already the most loaded team in the NFL when when Brady went there. So I I mean. That's kind of where we're going here. Are we just going to see nothing but super teams winning the the Super Bowl moving forward? I'd I'd, I'd hate it. Yeah, I would be bothered by that. The Colts re-sign Mo Alley Cox to a three-year, eighteen million dollar contract. That's a good contract. Mo Alley Cox deserves it. Six million a year is a good deal for him. And it's actually and- a little low. For well, it could have done. It's a good deal for him because he's been a number two tight end over there for a while. That has. The ability of a, a, a number one tight end, I think I understand why you would say it was low. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I also think that it's a good team friendly deal for the Colts. They get their guy and and he winds up being uh, he's going to be the number one tight end over there in Indianapolis moving forward. Yes. The Bengals re-signed B.J. Hill three year, 30 million. I don't mind that so much. I think it's a bit of an overpayment for B.J. Hill. Um, eh, it's okay. I mean, he did have a really good year this past season. Um, 2020, he had himself a nice year. So, I mean, he's declined a little bit actually over the course of the last three years. He had himself a good year last year. I wouldn't say it was anything to write home about, but it was a good year. Um, eh, I'm okay with it. I'm not, I'm not crazy about it, but, but three years, 30 million. So he gets 10 a year. I mean, I guess that Judging by what I'm seeing here statistically, it does sort of match up, but eh, I don't know how I feel about it. And and right now, I mean, he was drafted in 2018, so he is entering. So yeah, it would, and he was a third round guy, so he did just have his his rookie deal end. So yeah, that eh, it's okay. It's an okay deal. I'm not entirely sold on it, but it's okay. I think he's more worth like eight, but I can deal with it. All right, now two more big hitters that are up in the in the threshold of Kirk, Christian Kirk. Oh God! Well, not not as far as overpayments per se, but just big names. Uh, the Packers re-signed Devondre Campbell, five-year, fifty million. That's a really good re-signing and a really really great player, and I think he's worth every penny of that. That was a, that was a good player to not let hit free agency. Yeah, I agree. That he's a really good player. He, he originally played in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Good yes. player. 
and and he deserves that type of money. That's that's like spot on what you needed to pay him. And lastly, for my breaking news, at least for now, and let's more come up before we finish here. The Eagles are signing Hassan Riddick. That's a great signing. What's the three-year, forty-five million, fifteen million a year? That's a good number for a guy that led the league in sacks a couple years ago. Uh, two years ago, and over the last two seasons, it has the most sacks of anybody in the league. Yeah, I think that's smart. I want to see if he can continue that success over there with with uh, the Eagles, and if they're going to know what to do with him because obviously. He's been with Arizona for a while. Now he's going over the rival Eagles, staying in the division. Ballsy move there. But, yeah, Reddit going over there, that rock solid. I can dig that. And and that's a really good number for him, too. So smart play there. Um, moving more around the league, though, same division uh, as the old Cardinals. Well, actually, he doesn't stay in the division. He's going from the Cardinals. I keep thinking it's 1995 up in here. But, um, <laughs> Yeah. But the Seahawks, they went and signed uh, safety Quandre Diggs to a three-year, $40 million extension, 13.3 per year. I think it's a bit of an overpayment for Quandre Diggs. I think Diggs is a good player. I would have put him in about the 10 range. Yeah, I can agree with you. Yeah, it's a bit of an overpayment, but I understand why they re-signed him. He's been a, a key cog to that that uh, defense. He's been a key guy. And, uh, yeah, we know that um, – uh, I know that that uh, you know he's he's gonna the real deal over there um, moving forward. Um, Panthers they go out and sign kicker Zane Gonzalez to a two year four and a half million dollar deal. I think this is a smart play for a kicker. Um, I think this is like a reasonable contract two point two five per year. You know how I am about kickers. I think Zane Gonzalez is worth about that amount, right? Yeah, yeah, middle of the pack. Yeah. And that's that's what I think he's he's worth. And you know me, like I said, I don't like signing kickers for more than the, two and a there's half. There's only there's only a a couple kickers that that can really truly warrant that four to five range. You, you don't see many, but it's not many should get that. There's there's a couple that deserve it, but it's that's a low list. Right, right. It's a very very small list. Um, hanging around there is the Texans. They're signing. Linebacker Christian Kirksey to a two-year, ten million dollar deal, four million guaranteed on that. I think that's a good move for the Texans. They they continue to shore it up, and at the same time, they get a guy that is a good player, but they're going to get him on a discount. Yeah, yeah, I'm, five, I'm with you there. Five million a year for a good linebacker. I'll take that. I'll take that in a heartbeat. Um, a guy you know a little bit about with the Chiefs, they go ahead and apply the franchise tagged offensive tackle Orlando Brown. Do you think they're going to give him a new contract? They have to. They gave up too much otherwise to only, to only have had him for one year. Well, they, they do have him on the tag, so they're going to they're going to have him for another even, year. Even even still, that two years is not enough for what they gave up for him. Right. Um, so there's that. The Chiefs are currently working on an extension for wide receiver Tyreek Hill as well. He enters the five, final year of his deal. So uh, what do you uh, make of that? Well, that's a you have to you have to have to have to. What do you think? Tyreek Hill. What do you think he's worth? Higher than whatever the highest current current contract is. You think he's going to wind up uh, being the man? Between him and Adams, yes. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, you can you you can make arguments on either side of him and Adams, but him and Adams are going to are going to both end up being number one, number two in contracts. Twenty eight or twenty nine. 
Or do you well, think he breaks that thirty that thirty threshold? Twenty eight and twenty nine is the average per year. No, 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 no. Do you think he gets twenty eight and twenty twenty eight or twenty nine or? Do you think he winds up breaking the 30 threshold? Man, I don't even know if he – is he going to even get to that level? I don't oh, know. No, yeah, Hopkins is making 27. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Hill gets uh, – given his given his current age, I think Hill gets 30. You think he gets an even 30? Yeah, I do. That's a lot for a receiver. I know it's a passing league, but goddamn. Um, speaking of receivers getting signed, the Lions making some moves. They signed Josh Reynolds. Two years. $12 million extension. Um, and they also signed Alex Anzalone. What do you make of this Josh Reynolds signing? Do you like it? What's the numbers in the Josh Reynolds? Uh, two years. I believe it's 12 per year. 12 per year. That, that's sorry, a lot. Sorry. It's 12 overall. It's six per year. My fault. Then I, 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 I like, uh, I like that contract. I, I think he's a little underrated. I think he has some room to really showcase. I'm not entirely sold on Josh Reynolds. You know that. Yeah. <clears throat> Not entirely sold on them, but they, they do get them. Um, the 49ers, oh, well, before we leave the Lions, the Lions do release defensive end Trey Flowers. They saved $10.38 million on the cap. You know I wasn't big on Trey Flowers when he got signed. I said it on this show, not a big fan of him, and here we are, Trey Flowers getting released. I think he's overrated. Yeah, I I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. I, I said it. He he never broke seven and a half sacks before he came to Detroit. Um, and and a lot of people said, well, look at his pressures. Look at his pressures. Look how, how good he is. And you know what? Who cares about his pressures? All I heard was, oh, he doesn't hit home. That was my takeaway. This last season, he only had one and a half sacks and he only played seven games. I think he's overrated. I think that that too many people are are big on this guy when they shouldn't be. Forget the Patriot way. I think he's a bum, and I think they overpaid him when they did. So Josh Reynolds, or I'm sorry, not Josh Reynolds, uh, Trey Flowers going bye-bye. Also, the Rams, they go ahead and re-sign offensive tackle Joe Noteboom to a three-year deal, $47.5 million. He gets $15.8 per year, kind of keeping the band together there over in L.A. Joe Noteboom. Tyler, do you think it's, he's worth that amount? I think it's a bit of an overpayment. It's. I think it's more than a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't like this one. You don't like it at all. Why? I don't know. I, I it's it's more than what he's worth. I don't. To me, he hasn't been all that great. Yeah, I mean, he he had a really good year this play, this last season. Um, twenty twenty, he wasn't real great, and twenty nineteen, he was an absolute shit show. So, I mean, has he improved? Sure. I'm not sure that he's worth fifteen million. I think he's more worth like nine, but maybe even eight. But yeah, they they. Gave him 15.3. I'm a little uh, taken aback, or 15.8. I'm a little taken aback by that number. That's a lot of money for. It for, is. They had one year, uh, one good year. And last but not least, uh, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo undergoes shoulder surgery. Several teams are still interested in trading for him, and they have inquired about trades at the combine. But uh, yeah, Jimmy G so far has not moved. Does Jimmy G move this year in the trade market in free agency? Um, if so, what do you think he gets? Well, he's he, he's not a free agent. They're going to trade him, correct? Yeah, they're going to wind up trading him. But when when the league year opens up is probably when they're going to wind up dealing him, right? Yeah, or or now. I mean, league year is opened up. 
I mean, no, the league year doesn't open up until four o'clock. I mean, right now it's just the legal tampering period. Do you think they wait until free agency and the actual league year opens to, up to trade them? Yeah, that doesn't open up. No, until I, on the 16th. I think they're in the middle of trying to make moves right now. You think so? Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time before it does happen. Yeah, and and you think Trey Lance is still going to be their guy, right? I I think they have to. They gave up a lot to to start him. I I, I think you have to. Man, I'm holding you to that. <laughs> I am. I'm holding you to that. Well, you, when you give up that much, you 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 can't just bail before you you have that person actually start. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, so before we take off here. Uh, I know we're gonna we're gonna forego the the forgotten five and the the uh, Tyler's top ten. I know we're gonna do that, but real quick before we take off, we gotta be we gotta keep on track with this because the NFL draft is around the corner. And we want to make sure we get these in the uh, wide receiver and tight end rankings. I'm gonna go ahead and throw these out here real quick for you because I know our this show is going long. We had a ton of news today, folks, so I apologize if it went a little long for you, but that's okay. Tyler, are you ready for our report of the wide receiver and the tight ends? Yeah, let's do it up. All right. So here are my top five prospects for the wide receiver position, my favorite position in sports, starting out with number one, and I think this one's a no-brainer. I don't think anybody is going to question it. Garrett Wilson is going to be my number one. Um, you know, he was he's going to be an excellent pro guy, okay? And and he had a 4.38 speed. He he's a good uh, uh, route runner. He didn't run as great a routes at the combine as I would have liked. I watched him at the combine. I was like, eh, little iffy. Um, he did have uh, uh, you know a little issue in his senior season with a little bit of uh, an injury bug, but you know he played extremely well. He was he was the number two recruit in the country as far as uh, college ball goes. I mean. He was phenomenal this past year. 2021, 70 catches, 1,058 12 yards, 12 touchdowns against a very tough Big Ten defense, a defensive crew. I think this guy is going to be top-notch. Garrett Wilson is a guy to look out for. Uh, number two is a guy that impressed me in the combine, and it's his teammate, Chris Olave. I like Olave a lot. He's a speedster. He's got great hands. I'm totally here for Chris Olave, and he had himself a fantastic combine. He looks so good. Very impressed with him. Um, he's going to be an early round guy. He's going to be a first round guy. We know he is. I actually have a feeling that we might, it, these two are going to be competing against each other for the uh, the top receiver out of this rookie class because, man, both of them have just looked tremendous ever since coming out of college. He, he's more of a, a speedster, though, Chris Olave is. I mean, he runs a lot of the deep routes. He gets really great separation. I mean, he's a, he's a, like a really, really solid receiver. Six foot one, 189 pounds, though. He, he's not as physical um, as you would like. He's not one of those guys that's going to be making the contested catches, but he is a deep ball kind of guy. I like Chris Olave. I don't think he's a one-trick pony, though. I do think he's going to be a guy that, that you can throw the ball to over the middle of the field. Um, number three goes to Jamison Williams. Now, look. I understand we watched the national title game. I understand everybody's kind of worried. Oh, my God, he tore his ACL. Oh, no. And, and you know what? He's an Alabama receiver. And before he tore his ACL in that game, Alabama was absolutely dominating Georgia. And as soon as he went down, Alabama had nothing moving forward. This is a game-changing kind of receiver. 
and and you know he he does have a, 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 a an excellent ability to go over the middle to make some great catches in traffic hands are a little questionable as far as the deep throws go but you know what over the middle as a reception kind of guy uh, you know he's that type of receiver he's that guy that's going to secure the reception he's going to secure the ball that's what he's there for so i do like jameson williams as my number three number four is going to catch people off guard i like sky more i really like him a lot and and not many people are talking about him or not pe- many people were talking about sky more until the draft he's out of western michigan he looked so freaking good in this draft or in this uh, combine 1292 yards he had 95 receptions 10 receiving touchdowns this year this dude is a monster and and he had himself probably the best day if people weren't looking at him before the combine they're looking at him now great route runner he has great body strength i mean he was originally recruited as a corner he's he's not afraid of contact one bit he fits the zone system I mean, this guy is outstanding. I like Sky Moore a lot. I'm totally here for him. He is actually my number four prospect. And and I know he's not slated to, to go very high in this draft. He's technically speaking, the number nine prospect out of most people's uh, uh, drafts, number nine or 10. No, no, I've got him going as a, uh, a top five prospect in my opinion. And the last guy that I'm gonna talk about and a lot of people are talking about Drake London. No way. I'm talking about Traylon Burks. I like Traylon Burks out of uh, Arkansas here. I, dude, this guy is awesome. He's another one. Had himself a great combine. Really got me excited. He had a 4.5540 time, so it was a little slower than you would like. But, man, this guy can move 6'3", 225, and he really knows how to throw his weight around a little bit. Um, he's been used in every role that you could ask for. He's a very Debo Samuel-like receiver, and that's kind of what you're looking for. Deep threat, he he can do it. You want him to, to go ahead and be a running back out of the backfield, he can do it. You want this guy to catch the ball over the meal, or over the middle, rather, he can do it. Um, he needs some work on his blocking skills, and, and there's a few minor questions about, oh, I want to see if this guy can give 100% every play because there's a lot of times where people have questioned his heart and his guts, but I don't think that's going to be a problem at the pro level. Um, he doesn't always use his hands to secure the deep throws, but that's okay. He's he's a really great player. I like Traylon Burks a lot, and he's going to be my number five um, on this whole thing. But on the other end, tight ends, Tyler. Well, first of all, what do you think of those receivers? Anyone stand out to you in particular? Um, I, I, mean, I think they all have good potential. I think you got a good list of five there. I, I think they all have a potential of really doing well. Yep, and a, and a guy that, that comes out of that, that list that nobody's talking about just to, until we're clear is John Mechie. Mechie is a guy that not, nobody's talking about over out of Alabama there, and he could wind up being a complete stud in this draft too, so that's an exciting one. As for tight ends um, moving in here, I am – so fully in on Trey McBride. I know he is the number one tight end prospect, but man, it's really difficult not to love this guy. He was all they had out of Colorado State. And even when he was all they had out of Colorado State and teams would come up to try and defend him, they couldn't stop him. He just dominated. 90 receptions, 1,121 yards. Um, he has trouble getting home as far as like scoring touchdowns, but tight end-wise, Trey McBride is a guy to be looking at. 
Um, I want to see if he can become more of a red zone threat. That has been a, uh, an issue for him. But he's a really technically sound guy, and he's a reliable receiver in traffic. I just want to see how he's going to be used. Um, he needs a, he doesn't have a, a whole lot of height. He, he's only 6'4", which is actually short for a tight end. Um, but I, I would really like to see him uh, uh, used a little bit differently. Like I said, more of a red zone threat. Uh, number two, I'm going over to Jalen Weidermeyer out of Texas A&M. He's a four-star recruit. I mean, this guy was awesome. And you know what? He hasn't been used properly at A&M. Uh, 40 receptions, 515, and four touchdowns. But hey, he's he's the number two prospect out of this whole draft. I like him a lot. Uh, he's an athletic dude. He's got great hands. He runs great routes. I mean, the the only issue that he's really seeing is that he's got issues with his hands as far as being a blocker and he's not as explosive as a blocker and he doesn't have the experience to be a blocker so he's got to figure that out a little bit but behind that i mean he's a great receiver i like jalen weidermeyer a lot i think he's going to wind up being a stud people need to be keeping an eye on him number three goes to kate otten i like kate otten out of washington People are, are talking about him, and, and they you know he didn't really get a whole lot of uh, passes thrown his way, but he's a great blocker off the edge. And in a lot of situations, that's what you need, especially if you got inexperienced offensive tackles. So he, he struggles tracking the ball sometimes as a pass catcher. He might not be that kind of guy. You might be getting a guy that is a, a number two tight end, but this is the kind of guy you could go and grab in the round, third, fourth, fifth round and you can snatch him up, and you can put him on the end of your line next to one of those offensive tackles and make something out of him. I like Kate Otten a lot, and I don't think people are talking about him a lot. Jelani Woods is number four out of uh, Virginia. This guy had himself a really solid year. 44 receptions, 598 yards, and eight touchdowns. A true red zone threat, a true tight end that is going to hit home in the, the pro level. He is a kind of guy that, that you're going to look at and say, he's a red zone threat, and I'm going to go ahead and use him as such. I like him a lot. He's a good blocker. He's got good body control. He has good hands. This is like the all-around tight end that everybody wants that we're always talking about. This is your Dalton Schultz kind of guy, Tyler. I mean, this this is what we want, and he's big. Six foot seven, 259 pounds, just all man, okay? And he's going to throw some people around. He's a big boy. I like him a lot. And the last one that I'm totally in on, Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Not enough people talking about him. He's a really, really low prospect. Consider, you know, I, I, a lot of people look at him like a, a four-star grade. I look at him as a guy that should be going top five. Uh, Wisconsin, they don't really use their tight ends very often, but this guy still managed 46 uh, receptions for 450 yards and three touchdowns. And he is a 9.8 average. I mean, he didn't run run the super fast 40 time, 4.8. I just think he's a big, nasty, physical guy. And he's six foot five, 244. A, a great career in the NFL as far as being a, a, a blocker, and B, another guy that's going to be a great red zone threat. Uh, that's what these tight ends are here for. You don't need the George Kittles and the Travis Kelseys all the time. This is what that guy's going to be. So Jake Ferguson is my number five out of Wisconsin. And those are your top prospects. And Tyler, thank you for your patience on that. But um, 
We are all set for this show. It's a long one. I know it was a long trek, but we got through it. Free agency right around the corner. So I hope you're ready. Except we have breaking news. We have more breaking news. Here we go. Which is interesting. I don't like this. What is it? The Dolphins are going to be signing Teddy Bridgewater. What? Why? I don't know. Do Teddy Bridgewater, th- I, I know I know you're not a big fan of Teddy Bridgewater, but he did have the Broncos 6-0 before he got hurt. Do you think that, so, that this means that Tua's on the move? It's possible, but I thought Tua played well enough to make me eat, eat my words last season. So I, I don't know what's going on here. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it kind of sounds to me like Tua's going to be on the move. I think Miami is getting ready to make a move here. And that it's looking that way because you don't bring in. It's, it's a one-year deal, though. I mean, still, I mean, you you do your one-year deal. Bridgewater can start somewhere. And then fresh start in 2023 with one of those high-end quarterbacks. Think about it. Yeah, I think but my, I know what you're saying. I just I don't agree with it. I, I don't agree with the move. I don't like it. I think Tua is better than Teddy, but. Uh, but Teddy's still a startable quarterback, so even still, if, if, Tua, if Tua stays, there's no reason to bring on Teddy. There's no reason for Teddy to even sign there. Right. Someone's going to go. Someone's getting voted off the island. The question is, who's it going to be? I don't like it. I don't like it either, but that's what the Dolphins are doing. So breaking news, more and more and more. It's just going to be nonstop for the next week. You know our phones are going to be blowing up all week long, Tyler. Oh, yeah. Excited for that? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's going to be okay. But, uh, folks, free agency, the the legal tampering period's underway. Free agency gets under the way on uh, March 16th. Man, we're going to have ourselves some fun with that. And, uh, yeah, we're going to enjoy ourselves thoroughly this week. Um, Lots of excitement throughout the league. We got the draft just over a month away. So we're going to be going through our draft prospects. Next show, I'm going to be jumping into my offensive linemen. So we're going to be doing that. Tyler, we're, I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready for all this free agency news because next week is probably going to be, or two weeks from now, it's going to be an episode just like this, long and drawn out because we got all kinds of shit going on. Don't sound so enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> just it's, I can tell it's, the silence it's on what, the it's what ha- it's just it's, it's what comes with free agency, though. Yeah, I know. Every episode, every time we do a free agency episode, this has happened every year. Is is it just it's just a long drawn out motherfucker? That's what it is. We we have no control over it. So, folks, that is our show. Uh, quick shout out to our sponsor. It's your time massage. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapy uh, massage therapist. If you're looking for a good massage, go to iytmassage.com. Or go check out Amanda over at It's Your Time Massage and uh, get yourself a massage. Tyler, you need a massage, man. That's what it sounds like to me. Yep. Also, um, facekickedapparel.com. Sean Stockmeyer, wonderful guy for custom shirts, uh, T-shirts, hats, hoodies, pants, anything you want, you pick it. He sticks it over at facekickedapparel.com. And, folks, that is our show. But we have breaking news. Seriously. I'm not kidding. Oh, God. There's more. J.C. Jackson. 
Oh, did he get signed? Who was going to be my number one on, on my top ten if we were doing it. Yeah. J.C. Jackson. Um, no details yet, but is expected to sign with the Chargers. And that defense just gets more dangerous. Oh, man. The Chargers. Making all kinds of defensive moves after a an iffy defensive performance from last season. So, Reports say that it's a long-term deal for as much as 20 mil per year. Woo, that's big money. That is big, big money. Holy shit. Well, Chargers building up that defense. Unbelievable. In in a matter of three days. Yeah, so may, maybe our uh, maybe our uh, next show won't be crazy because half of them are already done already. Well, half of them are done. I don't know. There's, there's a whole other half of the league to go, buddy. We got a lot. Okay, the, here are the details for that for that deal. It is five year, eighty two and a half million. So we're looking at about sixteen and a half mil per year. That's not bad though. That's not too bad. That's not bad for him. He's a good corner. So one of the best in the league right now. Yep. Unbelievable. So folks, thank you so much for listening, enjoying all the breaking news, all the signings, all the craziness, and uh, we're gonna see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz and feel free to email us questions at the Outside Blitz at gmail.com. <laughs>